Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are here with an action-packed 130th episode of the Chick Foley Show. We're going to be giving you guys some instant reactions of the Dark Side of the Ring episode on The Ultimate Warrior, which just ended about 15 minutes before we hit record on this podcast, as well as our double or nothing preview. But as always, let me start by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how are you doing? I am doing well. Um, stoked, to, stoked to talk about what we just saw on Dark Side of the Ring for sure. And Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Going good. I've been uh, been training. I got a big uh, big weekend coming up. Got to defend that title. Ugh. So uh, let's let's go. Let's get it going. Wait a second. What's this? We got a special guest in the house tonight. The Fig God himself. Jordan Wells. Chick Foley Show. He's here. What up, Foley fam? Glad to be here. Excited to do this. Let's get yeah. it going. We got Jordan here for the first time since uh, Survivor Series weekend. He was here mm-hmm. back in November for that, and we had a blast. Um, he's back for Double or Nothing, so uh, it's going to be a good time. Jordan's going to be here with us the entire episode. And let's have some fun. Sheena, remind everyone where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley Show, you can, or at Chick Foley, and then you can find Marco over on Twitter. He's at Chick Foley Show, um, and then you can join our Foley fam. Join all the fun over at ChickFoleyShow.com. Yeah, we got new episodes of Unboxomania going up every week, and we are going to do Chick Foley Rumble Part 9 this it's gonna Saturday. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have... Who's going to dethrone Waylon F and Mercy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, it's still it's still a shocker. It's still sinking in that Waylon Mercy is the current Chick Foley Show champion. So uh, somebody's got to take that belt from him this Saturday night before Double or Nothing. Um, we also have a giveaway to announce. So, uh, Sheena, you ready to announce the winner of the NWO John Cena figure from Ringside Collectibles? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Drum roll, please. AJ Sawyer, also known as Big Mouth AJ, is taking home the NWO John Cena ringside exclusive. So congrats, AJ. Uh, AJ's been a long time Foley fan member and uh, just long time, long time Chick Foley uh, friend for sure. And uh, it's funny that he's winning the NWO figure today because today, as we're recording this, marks the 25th anniversary of uh, Scott Hall invading Monday Nitro. So, you know, it's a... Uh, it's time timely giveaway. Yeah, yeah, perfect timing. Convenient. Bear. I still remember sitting at home as a uh, you know as a twelve year old Mark seeing Scott Hall, or you know at the time I thought it was just Razor Ramon coming down to the ring and thinking you know what the hell is going on here. And yeah. hey, uh, you know action figure tech, if you're listening right now, we still need an elite of uh, Scott Hall in the denim vest to uh, to really just capture that iconic moment. I'm always down for more action figures history. in uh, in all denim. You know what I mean? 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, Sheena, tell them about the Pod Foundation. So as we talk about every week, we want you guys to go check out all of our brethren over at the Pod Foundation. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Foundation, and you will get all the latest news and updates from our brothers, Two Bad Chads, over at Turnbuckle Tavern with your you know most in-depth AEW coverage uh, and all things indie. Over there, we have Extra Cooler and his Survivor Series team bringing up all the nostalgia, all the historical matches, covering some really, really good stuff um, over on the Extra Cooler show. And then all your action figure news, head over to Pyramid Wrestling. And, uh, you know, we got uh, the guys over there really bringing bringing some value and some content. So check them out. And, uh, yeah, follow over at Pod Foundation. Yeah, check out uh, Pyramid Wrestling's latest YouTube videos. He was in Dallas with some family for the last couple weeks and found some really, really cool um, vintage toy shops. So so hit him up on YouTube. We'll be posting some links on the Pod Foundation Instagram account as well. Uh, we want to remind you guys to always use code Chick Foley on Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide uh, retailer in wrestling figures. And I think that about wraps it up for housekeeping. You guys ready to get into it this week? Let's roll. All right. So first up, as always, we want to welcome our special guests and get to know them a little bit better. So Jordan, tell us, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Sure. So uh, 1990, um, right around WrestleMania 6 was when I became a wrestling fan. Um, I was about five years old. Uh, I just saw Ultimate Warrior and Hogan on TV, and I was just, I was drawn to it. I mean, it was just, it was amazing to see, and um I've been a fan since. So, so it was the it was the Warrior and Hogan match. It wasn't Coco Beware and Rick Martel in the opener of that show. <laughs> I mean, that one did it too. But uh, Hogan and Warrior was the real thing that got me into wrestling. As I mean, a lot of people our age, that's what got us into wrestling. So, so I think you may have already answered it. But our follow up question is: What is your all time favorite match? So, it's definitely Warrior Hogan. Um, just the the mystique around that match. I mean. You go back and watch it to this day, and I don't know anyone that doesn't get goosebumps watching that match. It's just, it's such it's a, a cool match and yeah. just such a cool moment. And so th- this is like some shit like right out of a movie. You know, you really couldn't script this any better. So Jordan's, you know, bring, bringing a tear to a glass eye talking about this Warrior <laughs> and Hogan match. Right behind me and Jordan right now on the wall is a uh, custom commission piece that the Extra Cooler, member of the Pod Foundation, did of that match from the uh, the entrance. You know, there was that that iconic camera shot of Warrior up on the second rope while Hogan's in the middle doing the hand to the ear. Mm-hmm. And uh, Extra Cooler just did an incredible job capturing that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of overlooking me and Jordan as we record this. So it's pretty cool, you know, and it just goes to show you that even 30 plus years later, how that match still holds up to the hands of time. Uh, so, Jordan, who's your all-time favorite wrestler? Um, so I'm going to do two. Um, obviously everyone knows one of mine is the ultimate warrior. I mean, it's, it's no secret how much I love warrior. Uh, Marco's in the same boat as me on this. So, um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, my other one is Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm going to let, uh, Sheena tell a story about, uh, WrestleMania 31. So yeah, so we are, we're at WrestleMania 31, just an, we just an all out, just amazing WrestleMania altogether, right? Except for the fact that Bray Wyatt has this just awful, awful match with Undertaker. And uh, it was a decent match, but Bray got beat, you know? True, but he had a sprained ankle. It was just like all the things could not... It didn't live up to the hype. It did not live up to the hype, yeah. We were just expecting this just like, you know, banger of a match, and it, it just 
failed to deliver. And Jordan is sitting next to us in full out like Bray Wyatt cosplay, right? You know, and, and Jordan's got the beard. I mean, he's got the whole thing. I mean, just look. He looks like Bray Wyatt, man. We he had looks, Bray Wyatt. He looks like he just walked right out of the swamp. You know what I mean? Like he, he if he would have been carrying. the buzzards to WrestleMania. Yeah, he followed sure. the buzzards to WrestleMania. Exactly. And so, you know, Jordan was just like totally butthurt. Like the whole rest of the, after, after Bray lost that match, he was just butthurt. The whole, it didn't matter what happened the rest of the show. Like he was just sitting over there sulking, you know, he was so pissed. And not only that, so I mean, it was just like to add insult to injury. He was also cheering for Sting hardcore that day. So it was just like he was just going for all the losers, you know. <laughs> and uh, then so we're leaving WrestleMania with like thousands and thousands of people. We're walking, you know, we're, we had to like walk like two miles to just get yeah, out. So- if anybody's ever been to a WrestleMania, you know, it's it's hysteria when you're walking out the doors, man. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. you know, 60,000 yeah. people leaving, trying to catch calves or get to where they're parked at. It's just mass chaos. And so this was at the 49ers Stadium in Santa Clara. <laughs> and we got the bright idea. We're like, you know, it's going to be a nightmare getting an Uber right now. You know, the, the surge charges were like fucking, it was just the infinity symbol next to the yeah. surge charge. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was like, I can, you know, it was like, I can cash in all my life savings right now and get a ride back to the hotel or we could wait a minute. So and it would have been like two hours to get an Uber there anyway with like the traffic and the parking lot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it would have been and insane. And there was a, uh, there was an in and out that was like a, a mile and change away from the stadium. And we're, you know, we've already had a few drinks in us at this time also. So we're like, fuck it. Let's, let's walk to this in and out. And literally the entire time there, people were yelling, Hey, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. And so and Jordan's, you know, he's already, so he, Jordan's already in a bad mood. He's like steamed, you know, even though it was like one of the best WrestleManias like ever. Right. Like me, Seth and I are like hype because we're like, holy shit, Seth Rollins left WrestleMania as the champion. Like that was like the, the match between Brock and Roman was just epic and legendary. So we're all freaking hype, you know, and then there's Jordan, like, you know, freaking Eeyore <laughs> walking beside us, you know, and uh, everybody's calling him Bray White. Because, I mean, he's literally in cosplay, you guys. So what what would you think people would say? Shirt, yeah, the, the Hawaiian shirt. The Hawaiian shirt. The fedora. The fedora, all of it, you know. And Jordan's like, if one more MFR says Bray White to me, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna fucking lose it, and I, we did just started. The white pants, also. The I did white, have pants. white pants, yeah, as well. yeah the this white is pants. OG Bray Wyatt look. Man. So we're we're just like cracking up, you know. Every time somebody would say he would just roll his eyes, you know, and he was just getting madder. And I'm like, what do you expect people are gonna say to you? You're literally surrounded by thousands of marks <laughs> dressed like Bray Wyatt. What do you and and Jordan? For those of you who may not know Jordan, Jordan is like seven foot tall, you know, and like <laughs> he's a, he's a present. Can't teach that. Yeah, he's he's a present, so he's not to be missed. He's not some little shorty just like running through the crowd. He like stands up above everyone, right? So yeah, the fact that people were calling him Bray Wyatt was getting him so pissed, you know, and it was just hilarious to us. So yeah, the, we the thing I remember about that day is uh so late in that match, we're at like the 16, 17 minute mark, there was a double down. And Jordan, who had been so confident in Bray Wyatt all the way up to the, the through the Bill <laughs> Russell, he was like all right, whoever hits the next move is going to lose. So there's this double down. And as soon as they get up, I think Bray hit a Uranagi against yep. Undertaker, and Jordan's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was at that moment he knew he was doomed. So. Yeah. And then the yeah. follow-up the follow to Jordan being completely just like, um, you know, just downtrodden for the rest of the weekend. We were getting ready for Monday Night Raw, and we're like, what shirt are you wearing tonight, Jordan? He's like, well, wear my Sting shirt. I like to cheer for losers. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> so he, he wore the Sting shirt to Monday Night Raw, so. <laughs> yeah, not a not a, it was a great um WrestleMania all all around, a great WrestleMania for Seth and I, but yeah, Jordan was uh was didn't leave. He, he didn't leave a happy camper. 
Yeah, Cla- classic memories anyways, though. Um, and let me remind everyone know- real quick, like we, we became friends with Jordan. So, you know, Jordan is like a real life friend, you know, and we became friends over our passion for the Atlanta Falcons. It's only by like happenstance that like Jordan is a hardcore wrestling mark, you know. So when we like found that out, we were like, oh, my gosh, like what the Jordan heck? Jordan got me you back know? into wrestling, dude. Like, honestly, yeah. like. He, he's been in a wrestling. He never took a, a, a break from a hiatus. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's been into it nonstop. You guys know we've been on here. We took really a, a 10 year break mm-hmm. from being wrestling fans. And um, 2014, when WWE Network came out, I really subscribed to it just for the nostalgia factor to go back and watch the old stuff. And it was my man Jordan here who kept encouraging me like, dude, there's some really good stuff going on right now. And so I would start, you know, taking a peek. And before you knew it, I was back hook, line and sinker. So, uh, you know, I could honestly say this dude has probably had more influence on me than any non family member in my entire life, man. So. So yeah, it's uh you know no. And we small met we feet. met in a little dark bar at a tweet up. You remember when tweet up <laughs> tweet ups were a thing? We used to like with the it was like a bunch of Atlanta Falcons fans. We all met on Twitter and we were like we're gonna meet at this bar, you know. And our our friend was the social media manager of like the the Atlanta Falcons team. So we we kind of all like met down there and that just kind of like started the relationship. And yeah. then the NFC Championship, Seth and I head to Atlanta and uh, Jordan's like I got tickets, I'm coming. <laughs> he comes and we like you know this is the first time we really like hung out and he. Uh, you know, stayed in a hotel room with us. So we were, uh, we were, me, Sheena, and Jordan were in the house when the Falcons blew the uh, the 17 point lead in the NFC Championship against the 49ers. I thought, I thought that was like the most heartbreaking loss that the Falcons could have given me. And I had no yeah. idea what was Wrong-o. to come. Yeah. We were there. And then, uh, you know, this trip had been planned out, I think about 18 months in advance, you know. So this is while the Falcons are still like losers. We already had this trip planned that Jordan was coming out to, uh, to Hawaii in January and February of 2017. And in between the time that him and his lovely wife, Ari booked the trip and uh, actually flew out, the Falcons caught fire and make it to the Super Bowl. So yes. you, know, you think this is serendipity, you know, our best friend who we met through being, you know, Falcons fans happens to be in Hawaii for the Falcons going to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And, you know, the Falcons kicked ass through three quarters. And, you know, I think everybody knows what happens there. Yeah. In the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the we, last 15 minutes we, of that we, game. No, we shall not speak. Yo, we got Marco yeah. on the other side oh, yeah, here. Yeah, Marco, yeah, oh, you're going to have to get booted, God. man. Yeah, he, we're going to boot, boot Marco from the chat. I don't recall what, what happened. What happened was uh, Tom Brady cemented himself as the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. And I would I would Undeniable. say that, that's, I, I would say he cemented himself as the greatest football player of all time. And the second best athlete of all time. And the Atlanta Falcons cemented themselves as the world's greatest choke artists of all time. I would, I would give that, I would give it to Edelman before Brady on anything. Cause that, that catch is what pretty much turned everything around. That, yeah, um, that crazy. Yeah, like, but man, any other second. quarterback would not have been able to come back from that. In oh yeah, I think, I think if the Patriots didn't have Tom Brady behind center. They, yeah, uh, I, I think that's what gave them the faith to keep on fighting. Exactly, and dude. Exactly. Any other team would have just like folded at that point, you know. Well, let's get back to wrestling. You know, every yeah. phone conversation me and Jordan ever have, we end up talking about that game. So we we, we beat <laughs> so that depressing. Yeah, let's get back to wrestling. Um, you guys know, in addition to the in-ring action, we love wrestling figures here. Jordan, tell us what's your all-time favorite action figure? Man, I'm going to have to go with the first one I ever remember getting, which was uh, the Ultimate Warrior Hasbro Series 2, white trunks with oh, the yeah. green and orange. Beautiful figure. Um, I, I just remember getting that toy when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure it was from KB Toys. Um, we had a mall that was not far from our house, and um, I went in there, and, I mean, obviously I was 
newer to wrestling at that time, only a year in. So I was probably about six or seven when that fig came out. Um, and yeah, I bought it and man, I've been hooked on fig since that day. So, um, I got Seth hooked on elites when we went and met. Yes. Bray Wyatt oh my God. I completely forgot about that too. Yeah. You had the biggest influence on our elite collection too, because yeah, yeah the whole, we met Bray Wyatt that, that week. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing. When we got back into wrestling in 2014, I didn't like the Mattels. I don't know. For whatever reason, they seemed kind of like too scrawny to me. Because um, so you were used to Jack's classic superstar. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, well no. I was just I, I when I when I got out of wrestling, I was still collecting Jack's BCAs, and so yeah, the, the Jack's classic superstars were the closest thing to that. So that's what we started collecting back, and I was doing that for about four or five months, and then yeah, Jordan got us uh, access tickets to meet Bray Wyatt, um, and so I went ahead and got a Bray Elite, and then once I had it in hand, I was like, okay, I see what he's been talking about. Well, I mean, now. that Bray Elite is one of like, I mean, that's a killer elite dude hmm. dude that it for me it's hasbro bret hart and elite 28 bray wyatt those two figures hold such a special place in my heart because that you know i had started collecting the classic superstars just kind of for fun but that bray elite 28 just really set a fire inside of me to to get going on this elite collection and you guys see what it is now we have over a thousand mattel wwe figures so um yeah like i said jordan has just had such a such an impact on my life and it's yeah. actually cost me a lot of money dude you're welcome <laughs> no they, I was, i'm thinking like jesus man what could we have done with uh with all that but it's been fun yeah and if we ever do decide to cash out these elites we're sitting on a small fortune because uh you guys have seen what the collectibles market's done here in the last few months so yeah. uh jordan talk about his jordan talking about his favorite figure is a perfect segue into our first topic of the week it just finished about 34 minutes ago. Let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring Ultimate Warrior. Uh, you know, we all watched it together over here. Marco, let's hear your viewpoint. What did you think of the show? Uh, so I so did you guys watch the I'm assuming you watched the A&E documentary as well on the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I haven't seen it. Nope. None of us have seen that one. Oh, wow. OK. Wow. OK. Yeah, we're behind. Right. We're behind on the on the biographies. So we'll we'll just say this. It's pretty much the same thing. Surprisingly. Oh really? Uh, there's a lot, obviously there's a there's a lot of the, a lot of stuff in the dark side of the ring. They actually mentioned or spent a lot of time of. It was like two hours that A E documentary. It was a, it was the longest of of the ones so far anyway. Hmm. Um, depending on what mankind or Mick Foley's gonna do next or this weekend. But um, yeah, it was pretty much the same same stuff. They went through you know his beginning stages, his you know his father leaving him. They talked about that in the A&E documentary and at, at the age of 12 and, you know, having him try to find his own identity as a, as a, as a teenage boy, essentially. And like, they literally like word for word, almost minus, it's pretty much the same thing minus Jim Ross and Jim Cornette, the two gyms, like yeah. pretty much everything was the same. Um, yeah. Honestly, man, coming off that show, I got to say, fuck Jim Ross, bro. Like I thought he was kind of on some bitch shit. On, on that episode, man, mm. just bashing the warrior. Sorry like, for dude. all you that are listening with your children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I figured they, well, they they had his yeah, like first ahead, yeah they had his first wife on there. Um, it's kind of yeah. I think kind of like as a buffer, as like the you know she she didn't she didn't say anything bad about him or anything like that. She loved you could tell she loved yeah. loved him. Um, and she and obviously he heard her. Um, later on in their relationship. All but, um, I could think is during that whole thing, and I guess this is coming from the woman's perspective, is all I could think is like, what is Dana thinking watching this? You know, like what, like if I was his, you know, 
like, living wife, his, you know, wife when he passed away, like, how would I feel watching his ex-wife, like, lament about their experiences together and like all that stuff and then just kind of not not talking badly about him but just yeah. kind of like like reliving that dark part of his life you know like i was just yeah. like oh my gosh this is awkward yeah the the uh like you said the, the like i said a lot of the stuff the letter they talked about that he wrote to vince mcmahon and then mm-hmm. the the letter that they he wrote back they read that they it was like it was almost the same thing it was almost like wwe seen that dark side of the ring episode first and like got the jump essentially. That's what it. That's what it seemed like. If you watch now, if you watch it, the A and E documentary, you'll see like, oh, they must have known some things that they were gonna say ahead of time before. Because to me, it wasn't that bad. This Dark Side of the Ring. Episode. That was our. That was our stance also. That yeah, it wasn't know, as bad. I had much... built it up in my mind. It was gonna be a lot. Worse. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I already had it. So you know, uh, we'll give you guys a spoiler. We do like kind of a loose format, like just bullet points on what we're going to talk about on the show. And we were all expecting the worst. Like I have here the next line on the script uh, or not, or the format is how did this compare to self-destruction of the ultimate warrior? And to me, it was no comparison, man. No, like no. Self-destruction of ultimate warrior back in 2005, that was the all time hit job. As far as uh, mainstream pro wrestling documentaries go, this was pretty light. Even the stuff, his like, you know, hardcore conservative speaking engagements he yep. did in the, you know, the, the 2008, 2009 timeframe, those were kind of glossed over. They really saved that for the last 10 minutes. So I was, expecting much much worse on on this uh on this show jordan what were your thoughts on it so it's just there's a lot of things that you they dig up about the warrior that i mean obviously people know he wasn't like the greatest person ever yeah um i think that me and seth even talked about it while i was airing um them saying like oh he was just such a bad wrestler and things like that i mean they gotta realize the guy was not he wasn't sent out there to work 30-minute marathon matches. That's just not what he did. But when he was required to do those kind of matches, like the Hogan match and then the Macho Man match at WrestleMania, he could do it. That's just not how they booked him. And I think it's kind of unfair for them to say, like, he's a terrible wrestler and things like that. Like, early 90s wrestlers, outside of, like, Flair, Steamboat, and um, Macho Man. like Bret Hart. Uh, Bret Hart. People didn't work 30-minute matches. I mean, it, it was what it was. It was a stiff match. It was um, – they did their five moves, and and that was the match. It was about I mean, the character. Yeah, it, it was all about building the character. It wasn't really about building their in-ring ability. It was mm. believability that, hey, man, if you ran into this guy into a back alley, would you want to wrestle him? Like, that's – I mean, that to me was when I was a kid, I'm like – Man, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, dude, those were those were superheroes. I mean, yeah. they were larger than life guys, and that's just what it was. But um, I thought Jake came off a little bitter on this yeah, episode. Yeah, Jake's, Jake's, and I think he seemed a little bit like he was just telling some tall tales too. You know, like he he just seemed like he was really trying to build himself up and just like do a little self promotion. Yeah. Like I was like, dude, you're not you're not on TV right now. You know, you're not on. Yeah. You're not working right now. Like just be honest. You know, like you don't have to look like a tough guy. Yeah, and we never heard about Jake, uh, you know, having a, a world title run before this. And think about all the stuff that's out there right now, yeah. you know, between Bruce's podcast and just all the shooting interviews that have been out. I've never heard once that Jake was was destined for a world title reign. And the thing about he was holding a ro- roll of coins in his back pocket at Hall at of Fame Hall 2014. Of fame? Come on. Come on, bro. It, they, like, dude, Jake, 
we're fans of yours from you know your character work back in the in the eighties and nineties, regardless of what else you had going on. And I even dig his stuff in AEW, like you know the stuff with Lance Archer, even though he's kind of crazy sometimes. Like I'm here for it, you know. Like yeah, I don't yeah. hate J- I don't hate Jake or anything. Yeah, yeah. But- but come on, dude. Even even when he's knocking on death's door, I'm still pretty sure Ultimate Warrior would have dropped Jake Robertson straight up. <laughs> fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I believed that uh, uh, Jake the Snake said was when he that whole story when he like went to his uh, dressing room. And Ultra Warrior pretty much just like told him to f off. Like that's the only like story I actually believed um, from him because he because judging from like. But do just, you believe they told him to like that he had to get the clear from Warrior before that he was going to get you know a shot? <sighs> yeah, that's see that that's kind of weird. I only believe the I don't that part's kind of. Eh, I mean, I believe but, I believe that Warrior believe told him, somebody to f off and get yeah. out of his get out of his <laughs> yeah. locker room, but <laughs> I don't I don't think it was like yeah. under those circumstances where like yeah. you know. Jake had to approach Warrior to ask for permission to get a title shot, you know? Yeah, that would be Vince. I think, yeah. or, yeah, unless it was, like, unless it was something Vince where... Vince shy about just stripping the title off someone, you know, or like yeah. make, make it, making a, a a tough call, right? Well, if he thought yeah, that was the direction that the company needed to go, he would just do it. I don't think he's ever, like, had, like, feelings about doing that, you know? Well, that was, yeah, well, that was one of the things with, uh, like, if you watch the A&E biography, like, they get, they get in kind of in depth with their relationship with Vince McMahon and Ultimate Warrior and um, how they were and, you know, how, like, you know, Ultimate Warrior kind of looked at him as, like, a father almost because, obviously, he didn't have a father uh, growing up. So, like, he Yeah, that's looked, what his he, ex-wife mentioned that, yeah, too, in, the, and, in um, this documentary. And they, they get more into that. And he's, you know, they ask Vince, he go, oh, did you look at him as a, as a son? He goes, he's like, obviously, no, I only have one son. Um, he's like, but he's like, I can see, he's like, the, he's like, the relationship with Ultimate Warrior, you know, like, he's like, I can see where, you know, he would see me as a father, father figure, but I wasn't, you know, trying to be his, his father or anything like that. He's like, yeah, but I can you know, I mean, let's be, that. let's be honest for a second. You know, Vince wanted warrior to work out. Vince wanted warrior oh, to yeah, be the next did. Hogan. You know, he yeah. wanted him to be that long-term champion and, you know, it, he just kind of, it just, it just wasn't going to work out that way based on <laughs> yeah. all the things that we know. But I mean, even when he brought him back, you know, they talked about tonight, they went on that trip and all, everybody else was like, hell no, he's out of his freaking mind. He's off his rocker. Like, absolutely not. He's a narcissist and, e- you know, egotistical and whatnot. Yeah. And Vince still brought him back because Vince was like, yeah. convinced, like, <laughs> you know, like this is like Vince's ideal, like, you know, like wrestler. Right. Yeah. All right, so I think we're all in agreement that the documentary came off a little bit lighter than we expected, uh, but still it presents some issues for WWE. Uh, Sheena, how do you think they're going to reconcile the Dark Side of the Ring version of the Warrior with the WWE's kind of kayfabe version of the Warrior now? Well, I don't know how many like people that aren't already fans and already kind of like know about this, you know, troubled history um, are watching these documentaries and stuff. But I mean, with cancel culture, the way that it is, it wouldn't take much for it to create a new story, especially with those, those uh, quotes and stuff that we saw with uh, his motivational speaking and his, you know, uh, political views and all that kind of stuff. I think it, it could definitely pose a problem, but um I think it's going to be amongst non wrestling fans because wrestling fans already know. I mean, we, we have come to know and accept that there are some problematic things with the history of wrestling. Um, and we, you know, we don't condone it, but we just accept it and we've moved on and, you know, no better, do better type of thing. But I think if the, if that information gets into the wrong hands or the, you know, it could, it could end up being a problem, but we'll, we'll see. What so, do you guys think? You think it'd be a problem? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
obviously, you know, Jordan and Marco, they're hardcore Ultimate Warrior fans. I think, you know, they could see Ultimate Warrior burn somebody's house down and they'll still be like, ah, oh, he's a decent guy. <laughs> he's um, okay. I'm, I'm a couple notches behind them, but I am still a Warrior fan. And I think the statement that, you know, his wife at the time he passed away, Dana Warrior, that she made was really perfect. She said, you guys are going to see a documentary that's going to present some low lights from the Warrior's life. But it definitely does not um, represent the type of friend that he was to his his true friends, and more importantly, the type of husband and father that he was yeah. to his wife and his daughters. And at the end of the day, if his wife and his daughters accepted him and were happy with the man that he was, yep. then honestly, who the hell are we to judge? You know what I mean? Right. So, yep. I agree. so ultimately, yeah. Again, you can definitely find some sound bites that the warrior said that do not reflect positively at all. But, you know, if anybody can look in the mirror and say they've never said something that could be construed as, you know, hateful or, or you know, not politically correct, then more power to them. But I think all of us, you know, have stuff that we can work on as individuals. And yeah. I'm willing to give the warrior a pass on this. And I'm going to continue to celebrate his legacy as a wrestler and a oh, man. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if we if we had to just completely eradicate and erase every problematic person or gimmick or thing that somebody said in wrestling i mean we would not be left with a lot of history of wrestling like let's be honest you know i I mean mean, things have progressed a lot and you know the the way that we act and you know which is a good thing right i'm not i'm not saying you know we should go back to any of that but we also have to accept that like that's just part of the history you know um and uh and and move on you know yeah you gotta know too people like people change um you gotta be able to like gotta be able to forgive and, that, um, and yeah. that's what yeah. you have to do sometimes. And I think there's a know, certain separating the person from the from the art too. I mean, we we have to yeah. do that in a lot of things, right? I mean, music and and acting and all. There's all these things. You know, people have demons and people have you know problems, yeah. but that doesn't mean that like their body of work should just be erased, right? Because you have to be able to remove that aspect. You know, their their talent and their their body of work versus like maybe some things that they did. You know, their personality traits traits and their characteristics that may be problematic right it doesn't mean you have to celebrate or like you know support those people but i think it's when when people just try to like cancel everything all together and just be like okay we're just going to erase this person as if they never existed or never contributed anything to this art form i think it's just kind of like whack right yeah yeah 100 percent We have a very, very, very special <laughs> beverage break this week. I don't think I've ever been this hyped for the beverage break. Oh I think God. it was. I think it was like the January fifteenth episode where we told Marco, "Like, dude, get us some Dream Team IPA by Lone Pine Lone Pine Brewing mm-hmm. down to Virginia." Uh, it wasn't until about last month that Marco finally delivered. So thank you, Marco, for risking. You know. Your 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 life and liberty. Uh, yeah, Marco Marco was thinking. I, Marco was thinking. You know, FBI task force was going to kick down Kings his doors you know, for shipping us a four a, a four pack of beer down I mean, to well, uh, Virginia. I, the law the laws of Massachusetts with uh, shipping that stuff is. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, but yeah, you so if, just, if you're the po- if you're the postmaster in Massachusetts, please turn off the podcast now. Yeah, yeah exactly. But Marco, Spoiler, why didn't yeah. you just use a kayfabe address, dude? 
Oh no, I didn't use any address. If you notice, <laughs> there's nothing on there. I'm, I told, you, yeah, we didn't even when, pay attention. We just ripped it open because we were yeah, so no, we were it, so hype. Yeah, your return name is Bill Buttlicker on this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You know what's so funny about this whole situation is like we begged Marco to get us this Dream Team IPA like as quick as possible. Seth was like hounding him every week, like "Where's my Dream Team IPA? Where's my Dream Team IPA?" Marco finally he delivers right, gets us here safe. You know, no leaks, nothing, right? <laughs> and 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 Marco's safe on the legal side of things. And uh, then we're like, then Jordan's like, no, you guys got to wait till I get there to drink the dream team. So then we had to wait a few more weeks for to to experience this beer. But we are all <laughs> four here and we all have a we, we need to get one more person a dream team IPA. So if you're out there, you, you make up our dream team because the four of us all have one. Let me read the description for you really quickly from Lone Pine Brewing Company. Uh, for those of you who may not know, it's sold out, by the way on uh on the this website that i'm on says featuring an all-star squad of high-end hops that were definitely picked first in gym class hand selected by our staff for their stellar performance dream team boasts a lineup of galaxy citra mosaic amarillo and simcoe in the dry hop so that is your your dream team hop lineup right there yeah this hits so all of us are kind of Mid-30s age, this hits us right in the field spot because, one, the Dream Team was just incredible. That's the 1992 uh, U.S. Olympic basketball team. I mean, did anybody not have a Dream Team poster on their wall, like from the book fair, you know, when yeah, you were growing I, I up? Had all the, uh, I had all the Burger King cups that came out for the Dream <laughs> oh, Team. Yeah. And then I had, a, I had a Michael Jordan Dream Team jersey. That was the first time that, uh, you know, USA basketball allowed NBA players to be on the Dream Team, and they just crushed the entire world. Not to mention this thing is setting a score of 93 on Beer Advocate, which if anybody goes on the Beer Advocate website, you you guys know that's some serious snobs, man. They yeah. are some hard critics. They'll let you know if this shit's not on point. So um, this is an eight percent ABV. This is like a, this is packing a serious punch, dude. Yeah, we're ready to go. Are all four of us ready to uh, to pop the top on these? Let's go. All right, so Marco, do the honors. Count us down. Give us a three count. Let's pop in three. Two, one. Oh yeah. Beautiful. All right. Let me let's take it. Let's take in the aroma. What notes yeah. are we picking up? Got some nice uh some citrus notes right off yeah. the top. Sheena, you hit Sheena's like to hit us with the tasting notes. So <laughs> Sheena, tell us what what are you getting off this off the uh off the taste? It's a nice it's it's a slightly hazy. It's mm. not all the way hazy, but it's slightly hazy. It's not clear. All right, yeah. So I can't see I can't really see the color because I'm drinking in a can, I'm not drinking in a pint. Um it definitely is creamy. It's got like a nice creamy mouthfeel. Um, citrusy Sounds for nice. sure. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody likes a nice creamy mouthfeel. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Dark, this is the dark side of the podcast. That's a, uh, that's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's floral, a little bit citrusy. It's really freaking good, dude. Uh, I feel. I, let, me, let me do my. Let me do my patented Sasha Banks. <laughs> Just what I was wanting. Yeah, this is really good, Marco. Thank you, Sheena. I don't know if you saw in the can. You know, right there, unfiltered, unpasteurized. That's right up your alley. Oh yeah, man. Don't don't put it, don't pasteurize it. You're killing all the goodness. You know, that's like uh, anytime you can find unpasteurized milk. You know, I don't I don't drink real milk, but if I did, it would definitely be raw, unpasteurized milk from grass-fed cows so these are yeah. from grass grass-fed hops here <laughs> this is uh this is very tasty my only regret is that i only have one more of these in the beer fridge right I know. now what are we gonna do there's three of us here and we only have one left are we gonna split it are we gonna do paper rock scissors how are we gonna how are we gonna divide this we'll last do it beer? uh we'll, we'll do it flight style during uh during double or nothing um 
but yeah, Marco, thank you for making this happen for us, man. Um, yeah, no problem. Obviously, you were the one that was assuming all the risk uh, of getting this down to Virginia, but thank you, man. This is delicious. Yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to finishing this beer off. As thank we- you. Real quick, Marco, we, we actually came to a conclusion today that you have you have been the beverage provider for all of our AEW weekends that we've had. Oh, no, it was Survivor Series last time, right? It was with Jordan. Yeah, every time Jordan's here. Yeah, every time Jordan's time he here, here, you provided got, the uh, beverages. Yeah, you gave us the, uh, the little bit of the bubbly last time. We cracked open the that's little right. bit of the bubbly uh, last time Jordan was here. And then this time you provided the Dream Team IPA. So Yeah, so when we do our first uh, Chick-fil-A show meetup, like, Jordan owes you a couple rounds, man, because he's for been sure. getting drunk on your dime. Oh, yeah, dude. definitely. <laughs> You're a man after my own heart. I know. <laughs> Send me some booze. Man, I don't even need you to take me out on a date. We're good to go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's keep going with the show. So some big news came out today. Really stunning, you know. Obviously, the guy, he's been MIA for the last couple weeks, but this was still some very surprising news. Tom Phillips has been released from WWE. Um, My first question was, what the hell, you know? This guy, as of a few... Really, as of a few months ago, he was kind of being groomed to be the next Michael Cole. I thought he was the the guy coming up, and now yeah. he's gone. So, Marco, I'll start with you, man. What the hell do you think happened? I don't know. I mean, um, if you've uh, watched any of the or read any of the news that's been happening, they've been letting a lot of uh, a lot of um, corporate people go. Essentially, not so much just regular, just talent. Um, it's been a lot of like uh, office people too. I think about like 35. It must must suck to have your most profitable year ever and then just, you know, still have to let people go. Yeah. That's that's unfortunate. Um, Yeah. We won't get Mm. into the uh, the Keith Lee uh, cryptic tweet that he's been throwing out there. So, oh, he's uh, been doing, we missed that. uh, Actually, uh, Jordan and I were talking about Keith Lee today. We won't, we won't, we won't, you know, go off on a tangent about that. Jordan's already on record saying that the Keith Lee release is on the way. Yeah, he yeah, it's he said he's going to explain in due time what's mm. going on. So mm. yeah, it's definitely. I think, it might, I think in due time means on talk is Jericho one week after he signs with <laughs> AEW. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna do the Mox style uh, release. Um, yeah, real talk. Keith Lee versus Kenny Omega would be fucking fire, dude. Oh my god, could you imagine that match? Oh. Yeah, he might be. He you never know. He might show up at uh, he might be that uh, ace. What do they call it? At that, the, uh, uh, no, area. the Joker. The Joker, yeah, he might be that. So you never know; he might show up. Mm-hmm. But, Gina, uh, what give you know? What are your thoughts on Tom Phillips' overall kind of tenure at WWE? He's been there for about seven years now. Nine, I think it's been nine years, right? Oh, like, wow. uh, yeah, t- two thousand twelve is when he came to WWE, and I mean, he's he's pretty much done everything. I mean, he's done like you know WWE TV shows, you know, like the he's been uh, a backstage Bill, correspondent, yeah, NXT, by Bill Five Live. He's done main event, Raw, SmackDown. I mean, he's literally done. He's done like YouTube stuff. I mean, li- mm-hmm. just been all over the place in the past nine years, and. uh I was really surprised. I don't know. And, you know, the 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 crazy thing about this whole situation is, you know, you got this, like, tenured guy, Tom Phillips, who I feel like, he, you know, everybody's going to have their opinions about, you know, everybody. He, you know, there's going to be people that hate him, people that love him. But I felt like he was really good because he just – he called the matches, didn't take away from the matches. Like, I felt like he did a really good job just being there and, like, guiding yeah. the storylines. And I just feel like that job is so freaking hard. I talked about it whenever Renee – left the company how you know there were some people like hating on renee and stuff and i'm like you guys like you guys can't even you know like place an order at starbucks 
you know what I mean? And like you're expect you you want to talk shit about people who are doing commentary on wrestling shows. Like you have no idea what's going on. All the marks they have to hit, all the ads they have to read, all the people in their ears. It's not just Vince. People are like, oh well, Vince is in his ear. No, they have production trucks and sound guys, and you know, pr- like I said, producers, and they have to still like listening to all that. They still have to watch the match, and you know, there's certain spots in the match where they have to guide the storyline. Like I said, they have the wrestlers still- telling the wrestlers are hitting them up saying like hey make sure you highlight this when i do exactly yeah the wrestlers are giving them notes and things that they want to convey you know and i just feel like until you've been in that position it i I don't know how anybody could talk shit about somebody doing that job right there are people that do it better than others but i personally i would have a panic attack and die if i had to be put in that position you know i would just like i would just like fold and like a little crumble into a little ball and so they got rid of him and then they replaced him with adnan burke which, you know, he was you know going to be the lead announcer. He signed a multi-year contract. And then he, he lasted, lasted like seven, seven episodes of Raw on one pay-per-view. <laughs> he was like, I'm out. I'm out. Bye-bye. <laughs> like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This is too much. And so he's yeah. been replaced with Jimmy Smith, uh, who's a MMA um, announcer, right? And that with yeah. his uh, former, yeah. his background is and stuff. So, yeah, Jimmy Smith uh, is doing that now. And I'm just thinking, like, <sighs> I don't know, dude. I don't know why they're trying to just play hot potato with with this. They got rid of Joe, right? Like, and I just, yeah. I, I don't. I yes, don't. Samoa Joe is doing a good job. Uh, the the rumor it's it has been confirmed. I haven't seen it anywhere. Like, this is definitely what happened. But the rumor is that you guys know Tom Phillips didn't end up calling WrestleMania supposedly because he violated some COVID protocol. And I'm get, it sounds like maybe Vince McMahon just thought that that was an unforgivable offense, and that's why they wow. got rid of him. Which. I get it. I mean, you're going in the biggest show of the year and you end up, you know, risking your spot on it. I could understand being extremely pissed, but I definitely feel like they're, uh, you know, it's a little bit short sighted to get rid of this guy because he was the closest thing they had to Michael Cole. Sheena, you nailed it. You know, he had the ability to be able to hype, you know, four or five different things and and accomplish all the different objectives you got to do when you're the lead play by play guy Mm -hmm. on a WWE show. So I think it's going to end up being WWE's loss, especially if this guy goes over to AEW. Because we all know, you know, we have all the respect in the world for everything that Jim Ross has done in the world of wrestling, but it's clearly passed him by. You know, he has. Yeah, some, it's it's time he, to put him out to pasture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh know if I phrase it like that, but oh, true. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, with the history, yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I take that back. Jesus. Don't put him out. Don't put him out to pasture. Wow. I just feel like maybe we should just let him back out into the wild. Yeah, he has. <laughs> yes. You know, he has some occasionally problematic comments and stuff, hmm. and then um, he's just he not also, as quick as he was before. Yeah, you know, he, he just, makes some some errors too. You know, referring to Kenny Omega as a WWE champion, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. AEW is in need of a lead play by play guy, and Tom Phillips be perfect for that role um Mm -hmm. while we're on the topic you know let's go ahead and just because we really don't talk about commentary a lot on this podcast let's dive into it marco what would be your all-time dream commentary team oh my god wow uh jeez Definitely have so to. So we're talking about all time or like just like current, like current, like the good current all time. time we from, are talking all time. You can go Gordon Soli, yeah, oh anybody boy. you want. Oh man. Oh, just so many, so much, so so many great dynamics you can go with. Yeah. Um. Man, definitely have to definitely go with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, that's a no brainer. Yeah, you have to have Gorilla Monsoon in there. You got Gorilla, um, you gotta have Bobby, right? Yeah, are we doing a three man team? Are we doing? It's up to you, man. You can go two, three, four, five, whatever you want. Oh my man. god, four man <laughs> team! All right, let's do it. Uh, so Gorilla Monsoon, definitely Bobby Heenan. Um, 
because their banter is like second to none. Um, I, I have a thing for Tony Schiavone, so I'm going to throw Tony Schiavone in there as well because I like him. He'll, oh, he'll yeah, give it. That's not a bad pick. He'll give yeah. it back. Yeah, he'll give it back if uh, you know uh, the brain gets out of line. And a number Dude, four. It's Sting is an all-time uh, commentary it's call, man. Sting, yeah. Sting. Um, and you know when, you know we we we're not gonna we're not gonna put this guy out to pasture. We're gonna put him <laughs> back into the uh, commentary seat, and I'm gonna round it off with Jim Ross. So I'll be yeah, my that, my four. That's a, that's a Mount that's a Mount Rushmore right <laughs> there. You know team. what I mean? That I was is gonna a, say. Uh, I was actually gonna say um, Paul Heyman because I did enjoy. I was gonna say Paul Heyman. Jim Heyman Ross. Yeah, that's who I was gonna um, choose. Their uh, their commentary team was really really good, but uh, yeah, that'd be my team there. Well, okay, Jordan, you're our guest. You can go next. Who's your all time team? I mean, Marco just took the Mount yeah. Rushmore guys. <laughs> he did, Honestly, yeah. If I could just do a two-man team, I would go Monsoon and Shivani, honestly, dude. I, I yeah. love Tony Shivani. Me too. I just think Tony's he hilarious. adds so much to the product when he's calling matches. It's just he's he's always into it. And, I I mean, like we ta- we're talking about JR right now. Like, a lot of guys that passes him by. I mean, Shivani's been going since the 90s as well. And yeah. it clearly has not passed him by. Like, he's still good at what he does. And, I mean, he enjoys the product. Like, you can legitimately tell he's, he's enjoying it. Yep. And that, to me, I mean – you have to sell the product you're watching. Like downgrading every match does not help what what you're doing. It just yeah. makes us look at you like, why are you even doing this? Are you just doing it yeah. for a paycheck? I mean, it's just. But I, I not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, I, I just go Shivani and Monsoon. I, I like a two man announced team. I just like the way those two would bounce off each other. I think it'd be great. Sheena, what's your team? So you guys have you guys have all went like straight legends. I mean, there's really nothing more you can say. Like you know, there's there's you know you got the the Jessies and the Vince McMahon's and all that kind of stuff. But I think I'm gonna go a little more modern, um, and I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna take Morrow. I think uh, Ooh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna Mama put Mar- Mia. Yeah, like I'm gonna that. put Morrow in there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna put Taz. Uh, as my hmm. like you know okay. my color guy, I'm gonna put him in there as just kind of like you know my my heel. Brother. Yeah, Brother. and. Uh, Maybe like Joe on the opposite side, right? So if I could have like a, a okay. current a current Ooh. lineup, I think Joe Morrow and Taz would be a, a good lineup for commentary. So I'm going with Gorilla again, just because the voice and you know the experience he had as a wrestling legend was just top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody always wants to go Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. I actually preferred Gorilla and Jesse the Body Jesse, Ventura. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love yes. when those two were on commentary. So that that's my all time favorite team. If I hear Jesse. And Gorilla on commentary. I know. I'll, I'll, so I'll watch anything. I'll watch Greg Valentine versus some jobber from the 80s. You know, it's still entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So that's my favorite team. Um, but it's really time for the main event of the show this week. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! It is time for the next round <laughs> of the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship. So... Uh, you know, I know we have a, I, I really refer to this podcast as kind of a cult podcast because we don't have the largest following in the world, but the following that we do have are diehards yeah. and they are totally engaged in this battle between Sheena and Marco. <laughs> and we are at the end of May. There's a, what, what say, is it say the 28th or 27th? 27th. 27th. 27th as we're recording. So there's four days left in May which is, you know, five months into the year. And for the entire year of 2021, 
all 2021, as Drake, as Drake would say, Marco has held the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship. Uh, Sheena, yay! Sheena had the death grip on it for the longest uh, time, but when Marco got it back, he he has been running it. So we're, yeah, this is an Attitude Era booking. This is old school NWA booking <laughs> with some long title reigns. Because you know, no offense to Marco, Sheena was holding that title for a while before oh, yeah. Marco grabbed it. Oh no, but doubt. Marco snatched it back, and he's held it since then. We're gonna get into double or nothing. Um, for those in the Foley Picks League, remember. Sheena and Marco, this isn't necessarily their official picks. They're going to send our buddy in the UK, Phil Dunnett, their picks later on this weekend. Um, but use this strategically to, uh, to, you know, to make your picks. Um, we'll get into it. Marco, you're the champ. You're going to get to go first. All right, we're going to kick it off with the NWA Women's Championship match from the pre-show. Serena Deeb defending against Rio. Marco, what's your pick? Um, I'm going with Serena Deeb. I think Rio is... Dead in the water in the uh, women's division. Damn. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Serena Deeb is retaining the NWA Women's Championship. Sheena? Yeah, I can't argue with that. Dead in the water. Um, I, I agree. I think Serena. <laughs> Marco coming off the top rope on Rio. <laughs> shoot. We shoot. Dead in the water. Yeah, um, I agree. I just don't think there's really any reason for, uh, you know, Riho to uh, win that championship. So I think, yeah, Serena Deep is going to retain. Jordan, you got any uh, conflicting opinions on this one? Hey, man, just like they said, Rio's dead in the water, just like she's dead on the pegs. Damn. <laughs> oh, my the first, goodness. He's got a good point. Rio is the first ever peg warmer in AEW Unrivaled history. Yeah. So mm, it's a clean sweep. Serena Deeb is winning the NWA, or def- successfully defending the NWA Women's Championship. All right, Sheeta, you're going to go first in this one. It's uh, the U.S. versus the U.K. round three. You know, the U.S. won the Revolutionary War. They won the War of 1812. Yeah. And now we have Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo <laughs> in 2021. They're trying to, uh, you know, revive that that all-time rivalry between the Brits and the Americans. <laughs> Sheena, what's your pick? I mean, let's be real. Is It's pay-per-view. Cody Rhodes is not going to dust off the American Dream moniker and then get beat by Anthony Agogo. So I feel like Cody Rhodes is going over on this one, um, you know, per usual. Marco? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Um, they actually have a, uh, he, I seen a picture somewhere of the, uh, the, the, you know, those like weight belts that he comes out with. Mm-hmm. And actually, he actually has like the, it says like the American dream. Oh, yeah. He's um, going to be decked out. They'll probably be singing yeah. the freaking national anthem and all yeah. kinds of shit when he comes out on Sunday. Yeah. They're going to recreate a, a life size uh, replica of the Statue of Liberty. I yeah. They're so. going to have, they're going to have a dusty hologram coming out with him. <laughs> bald bald but, uh, eagles flying to the ring as he makes his entrance. Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh's going to be, Pharaoh's going to be painted up like an American flag. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, no, he, we definitely need another figure because uh, I'm oh, guaranteeing his. Uh, we, oh, we're definitely th- this, is, this is a perfect setup for the American Dream, Dream. action figure. Dude, yeah. Ringside exclusive. American ringside Dream. exclusive. American Cody Dream. Rhodes. I'm, call, I'm here for it. I'm calling for it. it. Calling it right now. I guarantee in like two months that will be announced. The the yep. American Dream ringside exclusive. And I, I and I will buy it <laughs> right away. Print it up, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a uh, if there's a god in wrestling heaven, Anthony Agogo will knock Cody's ass out. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but yeah, man. I agree with you guys. I think Cody is yeah. probably one of this one. All right, Marco, you're back up. Next up, we got Paige versus Cage. Feeling the rage. 
Uh, Adam Page, the hangman, <laughs> went up against Brian Cage. Marco, what's your pick? Oh, man. Page in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, man. I'm gonna, you know what? I can't, I can't deny the hangman. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with hangman Adam Page on this one. Um, he's been getting, he's been getting the, uh, you know, the, the bad end of every past couple episodes anyway. Uh, but when, obviously we're recording it tonight, so we're not going to see what's going to happen tomorrow night. Right. A lot can um, change between now so and lot, tomorrow. Yeah, so, but right now my pick, um, he, he needs a little, uh, boost. Um, so I'm going with Adam Page, the hangman. Okay. Sheena. This one's this one's tough. Um, I definitely think Brian Cage is a you know he's a he's a formidable opponent, but I mm. feel like uh, Hangman's going to come out on top. You know what I mean? Like if uh, the in the Dark Order is always lingering back there, so if anything yep. funny tries to happen, you know the the Dark Order is always in Hangman's corner. So I just feel like he's got the he's got the one over. So I think I'm going to go with hangman page and, and he retweeted me in his story today. So I would be, I would be an asshole nice. not to pick hangman page. So yeah, he posted that picture that I took of uh, him on the, the horse that we previously talked about on the show a couple weeks ago that Seth ordered from Amazon. So he liked that. Yep. Hangman's getting the chick Foley rub. Uh, Jordan, how do you see this one playing out? We don't, we don't bet against hangman in this house. That's right. I think it, he's the it's true a hangman age. house, and yeah, this is this is a, this is a house where we do cowboy shit, you know. <laughs> Hangman's getting the dub. I don't care if Brian Cage has the FTW title, the AEW title. It doesn't matter, <laughs> Hangman. Yeah, we're in. We're, we live in Virginia. We're into the country. Yeah, we support Hangman. I think he's the true ace of AEW, and he's going to end up being the biggest star that they got sooner rather than later. So I agree mm-hmm. with you guys. Hangman's going over. Up next, we have Sting's first match in ring. Since 2015, yeah. when he when he wrestled the best wrestler in the world, Seth Rollins. Yep, that's right. I said it. The best <laughs> wrestler in the world, Seth Rollins. Sting and Darby Allen going up against Scorpio Sky and All Ego. Ethan Page. Sheena, what's your pick? Mm, I don't know. I, I feel like this could really go either way because this could be a good a good splitting point for Darby and Sting, right? For for Darby to kind of do his own thing. I mean, Sting really helped. Yeah, you, you definitely feel like this storyline ends with Sting versus Darby one-on-one. You know? Yeah, it's, you know, Sting got, has done, his, done his job to, like, elevate Darby in a way, you know, and Darby, Darby has made Sting, Sting's appearance on TV more interesting, you know. I just feel like they've really complimented each other. But we all know all good things in wrestling must come to an end. Um, oh, boy. Okay. Sadly, I think I'm going to go with Paige and uh, Scorpio Sky. I, wow! I, I know, Ooh. I know. It's gonna. It's really hard because I just feel like with Sting's first, you know, real match, it would it would just be a shame to see him lose. But I'm going to go out on a limb here because I feel like they have bigger plans in store for for Darby and Sting, and I feel like this would be the a really great just splitting point for it, right? Mm. Yeah, okay. Marco, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so when uh, the writing's on the wall, obviously, with uh, with Darby losing the, the TNT championship. Um, so I kind of like, you know, I, I kind of seen like Sting as kind of like the, uh, like, not protecting Darby while he had the title, but kind of like the, you know, like his kind of like insurance almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, since he lost the title, um, I think 
they're you're right. They're probably going to split up at some point. I'm not sure if it's going to be like a like a horrible split or a mutual split or a respectful <laughs> split. He's just going to shake hands, but you know and what? I'm, it's yeah. time. It's time to go um, our separate ways. Is it going to be more Heart Foundation or more Rockers? Yeah, <laughs> either, either either or. Um, and, and what Nothing does it like benefit? taking a skateboard to the face? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, what does it benefit Sting and Darby beating Scorpio and Ethan Page? Yeah, two that's young up and coming guys. My thought process. Yeah. Too, yeah. Whereas you get Scorpio Sky, they're they're the heels in this. Obviously, um, a win over Sting and Darby would definitely catapult them. In the uh, the tag team division, yeah, I think anything, Sting's so. gonna get the big head. He's gonna he's gonna try to take take over and do the damn thing in his first match, and then you know Darby's gonna be backstage going, "You were too damn selfish. All you yeah. had to do was <laughs> tag me." You know? Exactly. That's why I kicked your um, back out of your back. Yeah, that's why oh, I kicked your kicked back your out of your back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Scorpio Sky, the most underrated dude in AEW, I think, as far as skill set goes. He had that awesome. Uh, championship match with Chris Jericho, and then they pretty much didn't do anything with him after that. So, yeah, I think he's due for a, uh, a huge win. All right, Jordan, what do you see, how do you see this one playing out? I just don't think it's time to split Sting and Darby yet. I just I think they're going to go with a longer burn on this. They've been uh, together for a while. I mean, I know, but ever since Sting came in, pretty much. Yeah, that's only five months ago, though. Yeah, five, five months ago. Five, do you know how long five months is in WWE time? That's like six like, years. Yeah, it's like yeah, 20 years. Like, I, I don't know. I think Sting and Darby are going to win, and I think it's going to at all out. It's That's where it's going to happen, where they're going to they're gonna wrestle. I just think they're going to let it burn through the summer, though. Hmm. Interesting. Right, so, so Jordan disagrees with the, with the stars of the show. Let's go next match. We got the second ever Stadium Stampede, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. Mm. Marco, you're first on this one. Who do you predict Man. wins? Man, do you guys remember what the uh, stipulation was? The stipulation was if the Pinnacle wins, the Inner Circle is no more. They are broken up. Um, so I'm going to go with the Pinnacle. Mm. I think the Inner Circle is has run its course. Um, I'm not going to go into why I think that they're going to win because I don't, you know, give Sheen a little bit of an edge. Um, I'm going to keep <laughs> my own secrets to myself, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with the pinnacle. Um, I think they're going to be the new faction to be reckoned with. They're not, I don't think they're going to lose to the inner circle after beating them in that, in the uh, blood and guts match. I think they're just going to go two and O against yeah. him and send the uh, inner circle packing. They've ran course. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, I mean, Marco and I are usually pretty in line with these things. I think the pinnacle, um, again, I think they're just going to dominate. It's, you know, the inner circle has been a thing since AEW's formation. And I feel like yep. it's really time for them to kind of, I mean, as much as I hate it, I love the inner circle. I love their dynamic. I think it's time for Chris Jericho maybe take a step back. Um, I think they're going to start pushing Sammy as kind of like a solo um, mm. guy. And then I think, you know, Santana and Ortiz, they're going to be fine on his own. Jake Hager, he'll probably just disappear into obscurity. But I feel like, wow. <laughs> I feel like uh, you know, Santana and uh, Ortiz will be fine in the tag team scene with AEW. But I feel like Sammy's going to kind of get a real, a real heavy push after this, after this break. So I'm going with the pinnacle. I just don't feel like... I feel like if they lose, because again, they're just they're just kind of like a group of guys that came together through just like situational 
circumstances, right? And they really need to prove themselves to be to, to become like the next heel faction in WWE. They really need, or sorry, in AEW. My bad. Um, uh, Jim to, Ross. <laughs> sorry, Jim Ross. <laughs> I'm paying homage to Jim Ross. That was totally just a you know Freudian slip, but <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think the pinnacle is definitely going over in this stadium stampede match, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a totally different vibe than last year. I do think we'll get some comedy elements because all of these guys are really really good um you know and and can be funny at the same time but i i think it's gonna have just a totally different feel excuse me than uh than last year i actually disagree with you guys i think inner circle is gonna win i don't see inner circle breaking up specifically sheena because the reason you mentioned like jake hager is gonna fade into obscurity i feel like being in the inner circle makes all those guys elevated a little bit and i just uh I just don't see them doing away with that right now. You know, the pinnacle one at um, Blood and Guts. Yeah. And that's why I think the inner circle is going to retain this time and move on and, and keep going for a while. You know, they were there the first episode of Dynamite. And I think they're going to be kind of the the everlasting faction of AEW. You know, mm. we'll see how uh, how they do the, uh, going forward. They could be, maybe mix up some, uh, some members here, there, maybe Sammy Guevara and Jericho end up feuding going down the road. But I think that, um, inner circle is going to win. And I think they're going to go on, you know, pinnacle mm-hmm. already had their, their shiny moment there at blood and guts. What do you think, Jordan? I feel like they've played up the Chris Jericho arm thing just so they're going to play it up in the match. And then he's going to hit the Judas effect on somebody with that arm. Yeah. Um, AEW is really calculated with the way they do things other than finishes. Um, <laughs> I just feel like they've played that arm injury up too much. And if we're going to go kayfabe only, outside of FTR in the pinnacle, do you really buy that anyone on the pinnacle is going to pin anyone on uh, inner circle? No. no. And, you know, the thing about the pinnacle, that I, I feel like any one of those guys would turn on any one of the like uh, other guys at any moment. Like, I feel like those guys don't have any loyalty each loyalty to each other whereas like the inner circle like I, I i get that family vibe from them i get that like feel like that mob mentality where they're just like you know we're gonna we're gonna go down you know together right like and, mm. and i feel like the pinnacle they're just kind of like i don't know like it, it they're they're together right now but it wouldn't take much for that house of cards to just come crumbling down you know yep all right, now we got the really tricky one, the Casino Battle Royale. This is for a future mm-hmm. shot at the AEW Championship. <sighs> Sheena, you're up first. Who is winning the Casino Battle Royale? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there. I mean, the the obvious answer to me would be Christian Cage. Like, I, if I was just picking, I think I'm just gonna <clears throat> just go with my gut here, but I. I if I was using my brain and not my heart, my brain would tell me that Christian Cage was going to be the next in line for a title shot. However, I think I'm going to go with my heart on this one and hope that my boy, Jungle Boy Jack, pulls out Ooh. the win at the Casino Battle Royale. I would love, love to see it. So I'm going with mm. Jungle Boy on this one. All right, mm. what's your pick? Yeah, you can. She's right. You can either go with like Christian Cage, or the wild card. If if history has shown us in any of these these uh, last battle rows ahead, the wild card usually wins. Yeah, um, it was Brian Brian Cage, right? Was one of the, one of the uh, yep. wild cards before he came in and just dominated everyone. Didn't go nowhere. 
Um, technically, he didn't get a. What, did get what, a what would happen if Daniel Bryan showed up as the wild card? <clears throat> well, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people that were released. Are they going to show up? Is Andrade going to show up? Andrade would be another good one. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go Christian Cage. I just think he's. He already made it known that he's coming for the title at some point. Yeah, that's a smart answer. Have him. I mean, he's gonna. He's not <laughs> going to feel be, my uh, championship slipping away. <laughs> that he, he's uh He's, you know, obviously he's in the, he's a lot older than a lot of these guys in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he's going to, you know, pace himself. He's been in these matches before. He's been in, has, he's been in Money in the Bank matches, right? Mm-hmm. He's been in a ton of ladder matches. So he knows his way around a ladder. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to win. I'm picking El Idolo, Andrade. I think he's coming in. We already know that Triple Mania, it's going to be Andrade versus Kenny Omega. I think instead of just being for the AAA championship, we see that being title versus title with AEW versus AAA, and I think Andrade is going to win um, and, and oh. get the belt back. for the, He'll get the AAA belt back. Maybe it won't be title versus title because I don't know if they're quite ready to put the AEW belt on him, but I see Andrade taking back that AAA belt from Kenny Omega. So my pick's Andrade. Jordan, what do you think? Okay, so like uh, Marco said, the wild card is always the way to go here. Um I think Andrade is like the popular pick. I'm going to go a little bit off the radar here. Mm. So SCU just broke up last month. I honestly think that the wild card is either going to be Kazarian or Daniels, and that's who's going to win the match. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Okay. That, is, that is a, that's a, that's a reach. All right. Not a bad pick, but yeah, no, definitely kind of out on a limb. All right, let's get to the four big matches of the night. Starting off with the TNT Women's Championship, Britt Baker versus Sheeta. Marco, you're up first. Who do you pick? I'm going Britt. DMD. She has two of the two of my initials in her name. She's definitely uh she's definitely taking that title. It's um, Sheeta's had her run. It was it was nice. It was it's been a year. I think she just um just uh celebrated her year uh anniversary of uh winning the championship but uh i think that's uh i think it's run its course and i think uh it's time for a new face of the women's division and that's Britt baker Sheena, yeah i'm going with the dmd i think uh Britt baker if if Britt baker does not win this i will be extremely pissed you want to hear me go in on the AEW women's division if Britt baker yeah. leaves a loser on sunday i am going to be pistification level 12 like i just feel like <laughs> it is beyond time to put the put the title on Britt baker she's the best thing in the women's division she proved herself in that insane match against thunder rosa i just feel like now is the time yeah. and if they don't i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it oh it's shooting time shooting time show. it's gonna be yeah. shooting time <laughs> next week if Britt baker don't come away the the new women's champion yeah, we know Sheena likes to go in on the AW Women's Division. So, Britt Baker, you better win for, for all of our sakes. <laughs> Let's move on to the TNT Championship match. Sheena, you're up first. Miro defending against Lance Archer. So, this is going to be a hellified match. And honestly, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to pick Miro. Go ahead, spoiler alert. I'm going to pick Miro. I think Lance Archer really doesn't have a lot to lose by losing this match to Miro. I mean, Miro... It, it, and Miro has the most to lose. So if he loses this, it's just going to be 
you know, kind of a waste. And this is the Miro that I want to see. This is like, you know, the guy that I have been waiting since he made his appearance in AEW, you know, I didn't want to see him as the best man. I didn't want to just see him as this, you know, nerdy gamer. Like I want Miro the ass kicker. And that's what we've been getting the last couple of weeks. And I feel like this is going to be an insane match against Lance Archer, but I think the murder Hawk is just going to come up a little bit short and Miro is going to take the victory. Marco. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, uh, I think murder Hawk, I think he, his, his time kind of passed when he had his, uh, his match with, uh, Cody Rhodes for that for that championship, um, and just just the repackaging of Miro as this like like Sheena said, just as like just badass like just ass kicker like he's just gonna destroy everyone in his path. Um, it, it, that's gonna happen to Murder Hawk. I don't think they're gonna you know halt it um, mm-hmm. just for Murder Hawk at all. I think yeah. he's just gonna steamroll through, not steamroll, maybe maybe beat the crap out of him, kind of like how he did to uh, Darby before his match. Just like before the match even starts, just just blatantly just kick the crap out of him and and do all that type of stuff and just continue on and collecting championships and if Kenny Omega has that title still, I think Mero is uh probably gonna take that from him as well. So we'll see. Jordan, you get any love for the murder hawk or uh, it's all Miro here. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's Miro it's Miro Day. <laughs> yeah, on the Cheek Foley show. All right. The AEW Tag Team Championship match. This is the match that I'm actually the most excited for. We're going to see the Young Bucks going up against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Sheena, you're up first. Who do you pick? I think I was in that first last time. I think yeah. this is Marco. Okay, is Marco, go first. For it. Yeah, oh man, this is tough. This, this is, is this tough is one. tough. This is really this is tough because when you get those make you, you you get the what does Seth say? You get the XP boost. Mm-hmm. You have these uh, makeshift tag teams, but they're not. But yeah, I'm Kingston interested to Moxley, see where you go with this one, Marco, because like I said, you and I are usually pretty pretty in alignment with these things. So I'm curious to see which which way you go with this, because this is for me. This is like a coin flip. So the, again, we have to preface this with we we're not we're not we're not sure what's happening on the the go home show on uh on AEW. So we're picking yeah. kind of blindly right now. We're not we don't have anything to set us up for for the show this uh, exactly this, this weekend. So we're just going. Whatever we've seen in the past, um, man. And the, the last thing we seen was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley steal sneakers from uh, <laughs> so those yeah. ten thousand dollars. Which was Dior, just amazing. Jordan ones. Yeah, those. Yeah, the Jordan ones, the ten thousand dollar. Get the socks. Yeah. So we see. Yeah, and he stuffed them in his. That was so great. Um, so we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow night. We don't know if the Bucks get the upper hand. We have no clue. I have no clue. Um, well, you get that you get that XP boost when you're when you're a makeshift tag team. Plus, they're actual friends too, so they're not just like some random dudes that are thrown together. Friends they actually know each other, forever. and they yeah. <laughs> um, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna go with Eddie Kingston and John Boxing. Mm, I think that's I think I think uh, I think the Bucks are. Uh, I think they're gonna lose. Like I said, we're going. I'm going off of what we've seen last week. Yeah, and like you said, they they got the upper hand last week. We don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow night. So, but I'm going with the uh, the unlikely team yeah, of Eddie the, Kingston the, and John the Moxley. underdogs. Yes. Okay. Well, ironically enough, I am going with the Young Bucks. I just feel like they have really been just 
killing it lately. I just love that. I love the heel young bucks. These are the young bucks that I've been waiting for the young bucks that I love and everything about them is just screaming. Like they're, they're going to carry the championship. Um, they, they're just, they're just so in sync right now. Um, that it's, it's, it's going to be a hell of a match. I mean, these guys are going to beat the hell out of each other. And I'm, I'm going to love seeing, you know, these styles mix, you know, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, who are just like hardcore, hard hitting, just badasses against these high flying young bucks. It's going to be an insane match, but yeah, I'm going to, I think the bucks are going to come out on top, um, you know, breaking kayfabe a little bit. I think this is going to be a time for, for Mox to kind of like take a step back and, you know, kind of remove himself from AW for a little bit while he becomes, you know, Papa Mox and yeah, the bucks are going to get the win on this one. This one's hard to predict for me because we all thought Mox was leaving after the, the barbed wire death match. But he couldn't leave Omega. on that wet fart, though. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't he wasn't gonna leave after that, right? Yeah, but he didn't just come back for one week. He's been back ever since then and yeah. started a whole new storyline with the Bucks and Eddie yeah. Kingston. So um I'm kind of with Marco. This one's up in the air for me. Jordan, how do you see this one playing out? Um man, I just think that after the the ending of Revolution, I just think that AEW really needs to hit a home run with this one. Mm-hmm. And I think this match is definitely going to deliver. Um, I'm going to go with Mox and Eddie, honestly. I Dang, just, three against one. That's crazy. I just, feel, I just feel like they have to like do something that – I just don't think anybody expects the Young Bucks to lose, honestly. I just, I just feel like everyone expects them to hold the titles. Elite stands tall at the end of the night and um, – I just, I just think they're going to surprise us. All right. It's time for the main event, the AEW Championship. Kenny Omega defending in a triple threat against Orange Cassidy and Pac. Sheena, you're up first. Who do you pick? All right. I am going to go with the belt collector, Kenny Omega, on this one. I just feel like, you know, he just became the Impact World Champion, and I feel like he is not going to, he's not going to lose his most prestigious title just yet. You know, I mean, it wouldn't really make any sense for him to, to have all these other titles and then, you know, lose the one, his, his baby, you know, his, his Goldie in a sense, you know, I think, uh, He's protecting that thing by all, by any means necessary. It's going to be a fun match. I'm excited to see how how it pans out. But yeah, you, I think anybody would be silly to to choose against Kenny Omega. Not to sway your precision, Marco, or your decision, Marco. But yeah, I think uh, I think Kenny's definitely walking away with this one. Marco, what's your pick? Yeah, no, it's, I mean it's it's Kenny. Obviously, you know I'm a Kenny fan. Um, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be an awesome match. Um, there's gonna be some. Some crazy near falls. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna make it look like he's gonna lose, but he's, he's not gonna lose. He's, he's on top of the world right now. If some say he's the best, best wrestler in the world, unless, unless you're Jim unless Ross you're and you say, well, no, unless you're Jim <laughs> Ross and you say Randy Orton's the best wrestler. In the oh world, yeah, that's but, right. Um, but you know, no, def- definitely Kenny Omega's um, retaining his uh, AEW championship. Jordan, what do you think? I would love to see Orange Cassidy win this match. I mean, that would be cool. I mean, that would be a moment. And I think that the shock yeah. factor alone would be just like, holy, holy crap, you know? It's, but it's not happening. Kenny Omega retains. Can you 
can you imagine like how how like cool it would be to see Orange Cat? I mean, the, the belts is really you know they've done a really good job making their world championship prestigious and mean something, right? And, I, and not that Orange Cassidy would take anything away from that. I kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago on the show, but can you imagine him just like you know how everybody like holds the title up and like does that? He would like hold it like halfway up and like you know do yeah. his little half <laughs> thumbs up, you know, or have his hand in his pocket and you know and like Marco said, having the, the hands inside the belt, like wearing the yeah. belt with like the hands <laughs> inside the belt. Um, I think that would just be freaking hilarious, but yeah, it's just, it's Kenny all the way, dude. The, the cleaner is going to clean up. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, You'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, we want to remind you guys that The Hasbook, again, on Instagram, that's at The Hasbook, is available for pre-order right now. This is going to be the definitive Hasbro book um, for all early 90s WWF figures. Uh, Pick that up right now. He's already shipping out early copies of it, and this is going to be an incredible book to add to your collections. Marco, take us away with figure news. All right, let's do this. Yeah, definitely can't wait for that book to show up. And I think we talked about this on the past couple episodes. If you obviously, you know, diving into the Hasbro's right now, it's not the uh, the best thing for your bank account or your wallets no, or no. purses or no. anything like that. So, you know, this book is the closest you can get to owning every single figure. Um, <laughs> those green cards are going to hurt, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to cost them green, those green yeah, cards. Definitely. That's why they call them the green card. And that's why they're the green <laughs> cards, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... But yeah, no, definitely can't can't wait to get that in the mail. Looking forward to that. Um, so we'll start off with the uh, Ringside Collectibles. They're doing a Memorial Day sale uh, right Ooh, now yeah. online. Um, if you actually, there's actually a couple of cool figures that they have on there. They actually have two of the uh, fan takeover. Um, they have the Seth Rollins and the Shayna Baszler um, on that on that sale page. So it's nice. weird that they just got two. Yeah, the, yeah, that's I, I noticed that too. I was like, "Where's the where are the other uh, two elites in that?" But I mean, whatever. You you get you get two of them anyway. So, and that <laughs> Seth Rollins is pretty badass too, as well. So, the gear is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And you can use the, code Chick Foley on top of the uh, you know sale. I'm pretty sure whatever the, whatever figures are on sale. Um, yeah, you can use code Chick Foley. Yep, you can, can save use an extra ten percent. Uh, Yep, free ship is uh, for free shipping, or you can use code USA for ten percent off as well. So, so um, but yeah, there's a the Royal Rumble Elite Series is on is on that page. Um, the Mister T and Roddy Piper Elite Two Pack is on that page. So yeah, definitely take Excellent a look. Excellent two pack. Um, and actually, the uh, the Macho Man and Edge Ultimate Editions are on that uh, that sale page as well. So definitely take a look and uh, buy them. 
buy something right now if you're listening. <laughs> Definitely do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we'll move on. So Cella Toys, um, they we've been talking about them the past couple of weeks. Uh, the limited edition one of five hundred uh, from their Wrestling Megastar Series One. Uh, we spoke about him earlier. All ego Ethan Page pre-order is up now uh, on figurecollections.com slash shop, or you can go to jbtoysandcollectibles.com to uh, pre-order. Have you guys pre-ordered All Ego Ethan Page yet, or are you going to? Or Oh, yeah. We have all the uh, the Chella Toys upcoming releases pre-ordered through, through nice. JB Toys. Um, that's who we got our Blue Mini and Nick Aldis from. No issues. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to hit up old JB and, uh, and get your pre-orders in. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, these like I think I I said this before too. Like these cello toys, and as well as uh, zombie sailor toys, um, they're gonna be the they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be like the standard for for retro for retro figures um, going forward. So um, anyone that's following them, they definitely have their uh, some big shoes to fill. I think with the uh, with the lineup that's coming up, uh, especially with that Todd Patton Gill uh, yeah. popping up soon. So. Um, so this is sold out. Let me preface this, but, um, I, I just thought don't this was try pretty to cool. order. Yeah. yeah. Don't try to order. This is, if you go on, uh, pro wrestling tees, you're not going to find it. It doesn't pop up at all. So they did a special limited edition micro brawler for new Jack, uh, who passed away RIP, uh, last week, um, um, together with his, uh, wife, Jennifer young. So they got together and they released a special edition micro brawler of new Jack, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't jump on it in time. I thought I had enough time, and I I missed out on it. So I'm kind of bummed <laughs> that I didn't get it. Cause I, Are I you going to hit eBay to try to grab it? I, I am not going to do that because yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. eBay is going to be a little 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 crazy. But um, I always I have a special place in my heart with uh, New Jack. Uh, I probably I think I shared the story before. Um, I think it's like PWS. I think it was 2012 or 2013. Uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. They did a weekend show during WrestleMania weekend. New Jack, it was his retirement match. I was sitting front row. He fought a gentleman named Necro Butcher. Um, obviously, there was blood and staples and fluorescent oh, yeah. lamp light bulbs. And That's sitting, two brutal motherfuckers right there yeah. with New Jack and Necro Butcher. Yeah, so I'm sitting right there, and uh, New Jack happens to just throw um, Necro Butcher like right over the rail, like right in front of me almost. So if you watch, you can go on YouTube and actually look it up. You'll see me like, you see like pretty much the whole front row just like, stand up and just run to the back because they're just bleeding profusely everywhere it's but yeah so i i, I hold a special see everywhere <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i hold a little special place in my heart with, for new jack for that moment but uh yeah i thought that was pretty cool that they did something like that and uh right now actually currently i believe i hope it's still going speaking on speaking of micro brawlers yeah i feel yeah. like i get a new text message from pro wrestling tees every day about a new micro brawler that's coming see, out which makes me feel like you know i'm so glad that i never bit the bullet on these things and like pulled the you know pulled the trigger because yeah crazy how many oh, micro brawlers yeah. are coming out right now it's insane yeah they're, they're pretty cool ones too so uh yeah this one is a uh, owen hart another owen hart um brawler and it's when he was uh in new japan so he's yeah. in his new japan gear which is pretty cool and i believe that's i believe that's still going hopefully maybe tomorrow might be the last day or friday if you're listening to this so is it a pre-order i thought it was uh i thought it was like you know just limited uh a limited release i, I thought it was a pre-order maybe it is wrong. i don't know well, but, uh, I yeah. See, yeah but I, like i said i'm going back through my text messages right now i think i have you know, one, two, three, four, five in like the last like week micro brawlers oh, yeah. that 
the yeah, announcements that, that they've hit me up in my text messages <laughs> let me know that these micro brawlers are dropping like, so, yeah, we need to get this right now right now it's gonna, yeah. they do actually sell fast so it's not it's a good thing that they do actually text you and let you know that they're that oh they a thousand spent. percent yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just yeah like i said it reinforces my fact that like yeah i'm never probably gonna ever buy into micro brawlers and get caught up because i mean the way they're pumping them out it's gonna be insanity to ever try to go back and have a complete collection of micro brawlers yeah like i said the only ones i collect are really through the uh through the pro wrestling, pro wrestling crate yeah. yeah yeah the pro wrestling crate and as well as the um, if you know WWE comes out with a um, like one of those like special edition boxes, mm-hmm. um, they have like their own version of a micro brawler in it. Yeah, um, so those only I forget, times what, actually... I forget what their brand of micro brawlers are called, but yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, forget the name, uh, Legends Crates or something like that. What are they called, Jordan? Man, I got nothing on this one. Yeah, so yeah, so like not their it's not their crate, but they have they have like mm-hmm. they have a micro brawler style figure that is like a WWE style, but it's like it's not. I mean, they yeah, can't call- and they were coming out in their crates and stuff because they had I'm- a warrior one, then they had a Paul Bearer one also. Yeah, yeah, yes. but they can't. But they're not called micro brawlers. I don't know what the figures are called. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I got the crate. I just don't know what that's called. Well, if, if any of our fans out there know, let us know because clearly we're all ridiculous and we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not. We're obviously not subscribed. We're not a hardcore Legends crates uh, people. So. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to uh, some unrivaled news. So Sammy Guevara actually he actually tweeted this out. Um, he said there's going to be a running change on the uh, cue cards with his figure. So yeah, I think I, we talked about that before. Is it com- is it finally coming out? You know I get- that the. Yeah, I guess so. I, I I got the figure. I have the same. All the cue cards say the same thing. Yeah, all my cue um, cards are the same too. Yeah, he actually posted a picture of the figure with all the different um, sayings and stuff like that. Oh um, yeah, I haven't seen that. I'll have to go check out his Instagram. Yeah, so I think uh, Jeremy Padar actually commented too under his comment about it yeah. as well. So yeah, they are definitely coming. It is a running change. So um, I'll definitely, hopefully, I mean, I'll probably pick up another one because I want the different. The different cards, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, like we said, things. but if you don't feel like picking up another card, just flip your cards over the hit me up cards and uh, just make your oh, own. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can write in your own. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make one that just says like follow at Chick Foley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, that's a, actually a good idea. You know, um, um, so we'll move on to the main event. So this weekend, obviously, is uh, oh yeah, big pay per view weekend for AEW as well as uh, some AEW figures reveals for uh, oh, yeah. Double or Nothing weekend. So. Um, they're going to do this out there at the fan fest. Um, there hasn't been any speculation on what's, what's coming out. And, you know, um, I, I tweeted out, I actually, Jerry Padara tweeted out, you know, you know, brace yourselves. It's going to be something huge. So I tweeted back. I said, Oh my God, I can't wait. This guy, you know, he is in Sarah's heart. He goes, he goes, you won't be disappointed. He actually responded back. It's to gotta be. I mean, Br- brace embrace was in quotation marks. Yeah, it has I, to it's be. gotta be Britt Baker, right? Yeah. We're finally, finally getting a, uh, a Britt Baker. I would imagine. Yeah, And I, and I think they're going to reveal, I mean, I kind of want to see them reveal the other lines too, um, that they, that they have planned out. So like, any yeah. like any, you know, any two packs, any, you know, any any exclusives that are coming out, like something, like any a legends line, yeah, you know, any anything that's uh um that'll pique our interest. But uh, what are you guys thinking? That's gonna. I'm hoping pop we get. Or? I'm hoping we get a murder hawk reveal. I think that would be oh, nice. uh, yeah, would be awesome. With Jake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll be, he'll, they'll, they'll reveal Jake as part of the Legends collection, and then they'll reveal uh, Lance Archer as the uh, as the Murder Hawk. So, I mean, he he's a he's as toyetic as they get. So, I think they definitely need to get him in figure form for sure. 
For me, I want to see Marco stunt because I still think we should have saw Marco with that Jurassic Express set. Yeah, for sure. And then I want to see a Sting. You know, the AEW figures have all been excellent so far. Let me get an AEW version of Sting. I think that would be the perfect way to kick off the uh, the Unmatched series because uh, that that's the other series we got coming up, right, Marco? We got Unrivaled and Unmatched. Yep, Unmatched. And then I've seen some like things floating around with like uh, like some like four packs and like things like that. So. Who knows what they're going to see? So, I mean, I'm hoping we get some like some really exclusive uh, views for. Uh, yeah, for we need some. We line. need some Dark Order figures too, dude. We need some like yeah. Stu Grayson, some Evil Uno, John Silver. Like, I feel like we just need, um, you know, we need those guys in the in the collection for sure. Yeah, I think a whole line, like a whole series, like maybe should be dedicated to the Dark Order. Yeah, just, like, it cool. could be like the Brody Lee Memorial series, you know, and like have uh, have Brody and have uh, all that, you know, evil uh, all the uh, evil Uno, Stu. yeah, the Dark Order and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be really super cool. Jordan, what's your most wanted AW figure right now? So I, I'm kind of on board with what you guys had already said, but uh, I'll add to it. Uh, um, I would like to see a Miro be made. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, I would really like to see a Brian Cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do yeah. need a Brian Cage. Yeah. I kind of I don't know why I wasn't thinking about him yet. We, ne- we definitely need a Brian Cage figure for sure. Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, Marco, tell us about this random merch that you discovered this week. <laughs> I was actually just laughing because I just clicked the link and I totally forgot. I uh, There's a couple other ones that I had that are pretty yeah, good. Me, me and Jordan are looking at it right now, man. This is uh, so weird. I, I found a, like I said, I have, so, I have a couple other ones that are the next couple of episodes are going to be pretty weird as well. So Wild Smile. This one here, yeah, it's called Wild Smile Toothpaste. It's a, it's a Goldberg... WCW branded a twenty-one year flavor. old toothpaste. Yeah. It looks it looks like it's filled like full still too. Like you actually this, this is late era WCW. Also, this is the final WCW logo. If you ever wonder what's next, it's your teeth because <laughs> Goldberg is here to keep them clean. For you. But, uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, so for uh, for a hundred dollars, you can own this uh, piece of weird random merch. It's the strangest thing ever. I mean, that at this point, that <laughs> stuff has got to be toxic AF, right? Like, I think so. Oh. I found another one for. There's one on here for thirty two bucks, man. Maybe the uh, maybe the packaging is, is good of a condition, but yeah, there's there's one available for thirty two also. Oh yeah, we got some we got some seriously uh, quality ingredients in here. I'm zooming in on the uh, active ingredients and the other oh, ingredients, yeah. and see. yeah, this uh, yellow nothing like a little blue number one and yellow number five in your uh, in your toothpaste. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Sodium lauryl sulfate, ethanol. Yeah, 
Good stuff. If, any, if anybody ever actually used this stuff back in like, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, let us know how it was. Uh, Jordan, were you up on the WCW toothpaste back in the day? <laughs> no WCW toothpaste for me. Uh, looks cool, but I don't think I bought any. I mean, it, just, it just had to be sold at like Walmart or something, right? Like it was just like, you know, had to be just like WCW branded toothpaste. I don't think people were like ordering this out of a catalog and being like, oh, let me get this toothpaste. This it is looks, Dollar General. Yeah, it looks oh, like yeah. it's pretty readily, uh, readily available because there's four different listings on on uh, eBay right now. You got one, the one that Marco shared is going for 100 bucks or best offer. But uh, you got some that are going for 15 15 and 32 bucks. So a few hmm. different options there if you're interested in this. We will post the link in the show notes as always. So if you pick this up, let us know how it tastes. Don't, and, pick, uh, don't pick this one up. Pick up the $30 one. <laughs> don't pick yeah. up the $100 listing. Well, yeah, this one contains no sugar, it says. This product contains no sugar, so that's good. No sugar, no yeah. Sugar just, just, some other, just some other toxic chemicals. It's okay. <laughs> totally fine. Totally It'll fine. It'll be fine. We yeah. need to do some research and see if they had like Big Sexy or maybe like some Lex Luger or if it was strictly just Goldberg. That was the only guy that was, uh, was worthy of getting his own toothpaste flavor. Maybe there are different like... Um, like dental like products for each wrestler. Yeah, so maybe like, somebody had floss, you know? Yeah, big sexy floss big or something sexy like that. Floss. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. or a sting mouthwash because it like kind of stings after you. Oh, wow. yeah. Around. I See? like that. I mean, sting rough. aftershave. <laughs> so let's <laughs> know. Any, anybody <laughs> at, the, uh, hygiene line. If you, at the turn of the century, if you're into WCW oral hygiene products, let us know and uh, educate us on what all was available in this line. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. El Idolo! Keeping It Tranquilo is where we give you some entertainment recommendations for something outside of the ring and sometimes completely outside of the world of professional wrestling. This segment is brought to you by Verb Energy because sometimes keeping it tranquilo can be exhausting. Verb is your delicious 90-calorie snack bar to help you get through your favorite binge-watching sesh. Hit the link in our show notes to save some money and get your Verb starter pack for only $12. Now, let's get tranquilo. All right, for tranquilo... Keeping it tranquilo, Jordan, start us off with Sabotage. Okay, so I watched this on my plane ride into Virginia today. It's a uh, movie on Netflix. It's one of the top 10 um, things on Netflix right now. I actually didn't realize this movie came out in 2014. Um, It's with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terrence Howard. They are a (laughs) DEA special forces team. Um, it's, It's a good movie. Um, I wouldn't go into this like expecting some uh, Spielberg script or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. If you it's, just like it's some not like action, a Martin Scorsese and, uh, film or anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you just like some action packed and some uh, guns and things like that, then uh, this should be right up your alley. Wow, Marco, have you seen this one? I know you're a movie buff. 
No, I don't. I, I, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, or uh, he loves the Marco loves the action, the action films. I, I will definitely watch this, but I did not know that Terrence Howard and Arnold Schwarzenegger were in a movie together. That's quite a pairing. Tell us kinda, about the orange years, Marco. Yeah, so the orange years, um, uh, me, me and the wife actually stumbled upon this, so it's on Hulu. It is a documentary on Nickelodeon. Whoa. It's a uh, if you want. Oh, all the, I have. I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You watched it. Was it? It was good. Yeah. So you want all the nostalgia feels? It's oh, the, every, I love everyone the Nickelodeon that, nostalgia feels. Yeah. Everyone and anyone that had to do with Nickelodeon is pretty much on this documentary. So the the founder of, of Nickelodeon, the the CEO at the time, the everyone, like literally everybody, um, is is on this, and they run through like the history of Nickelodeon and what the idea behind it was and obviously what it be, what it came into and, you know, th- them being a part of like Disney and all that type of stuff. So oh, yeah, it's, awesome. it's really yeah, like, you, yeah, I have seen it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I'm glad you, you liked it and watched it. So yeah. I'll definitely have to give it a, give yeah, it a they, try. The double dare part is my, probably my favorite. Oh, um, gotta love Mark they, Summers, dude. Yeah. Mark Summers, he's on there. He talks about like, you know, how, how he got like hired and stuff like that. And, you know, um, did someone that actually got injured on that? On that I mean, show. are you surprised at all? That's <laughs> I mean, a ass in the, yeah, in the in the '90s, they like literally just put <laughs> kids through the ringer. They were just like, "Here, just jump off this thing and like, you know, let this thing <laughs> hit you much. in the face. Let's <laughs> yeah. put a bunch of slime and soap on the floor and let you just run across it." You know? <laughs> like, yeah, they they take you through like the uh, oh, like all the, like literally every show, like they take you through uh, "Hey, dude." Salute your oh, shorts. Lo- yeah. Pete That's and awesome. Pete. Like they, they interview like literally like everyone that was a part of those shows is, is literally on the documentary. So definitely it's like about an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, um, nice. the doc- it's a, it's yeah. a long one. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely on, on my must yeah, watch list. You're our age. You definitely want to watch it. Cause it'll, you're like, Oh my God, you see all like, the commercials that they use. They show all those like old, like little um, in between like cartoon commercials that they used to Used to show yes, before the show. Those and stuff always like that. hit me in the nostalgia field. You do you, uh, this is like so to, this is like uh, the afternoon. You remember Stick Stickly? He would like, you know, come on and he was a yeah, little pop yep. little popsicle stick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, so it's a, it's they they go through rug and any anything you could think of that Nickelodeon was uh famous for is is in this documentary. So definitely recommend it. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to this one. The the kind of uh, big WCW versus WWF rivalry in kids entertainment back in the early 90s was Disney Channel versus Nickelodeon. Yes. And yeah. to me, Disney Channel was always kind of like for the whole family. Nickelodeon yeah. was marketed specifically for the kids, man. Yep. So that's yeah. why I think Nickelodeon really connected so well with, you know, people of mm-hmm. our generation. So yeah. definitely looking forward to the orange years. Uh, Sheena, do we got some listener mail for this week? Um, yes, we do. Let's get into it. All right, so our buddy JB, Johnny JB, wants to know what is on the menu for Double or Nothing. So we've been planning this out for, you know, over a month now. We're, we're big fans of uh, truff sauce. So that's, they have mayo, pasta sauce, and hot sauce that's infused with uh, truffle oil. And we're doing some truff hot wings. So I think what do we got, Shane? We got regular truff uh, hot wings, the yep. hotter 
Truff Hot Wings, and then we got the white Truff Hot Wings also, right? Yeah, so we're going to do three flavors of Truff Hot Sauce Hot Wings. So, um, wow. again, like the white truffle, we're going to do the regular spice uh, Truff Sauce, and then we're going to do the, the hotter Truff Sauce. And then we're going to make some, like, garlic Parmesan wings, and we're going to dip them in the Truff Pasta Sauce, like the marinara sauce, um, as, our, as our dipper for that. So we're going to do that, and then uh, I think we're going to whip up some truffle fries, too. So we're going to do some fries, and Hell we yeah. just we just got the truff um you know truffle oil and we're gonna drizzle that over maybe put a little parmesan you know and garlic on the fries but yeah we're doing full on um you know full on truff uh feast for for Dang. this but yeah it's good stuff if you have not tried the the truff hot sauce um it's worth the hype it's a little bit spendy you know compared to like your your good old-fashioned you know tabasco or louisiana sauce but uh it, it is it is worth the hype it's definitely worth trying because it is it is good stuff what about Mark, you, Marco? What y'all having? Uh, nothing crazy. Just probably do some takeout um, that night. Nothing. Y'all nothing usually do takeout on, on pay-per-views, don't you? You guys yeah. usually order in on, uh, yeah. on pay-per-view nights. Usually cook during the week, and then like the weekends are either ordering out or if it's – I don't think it's going to be nice out around this um, this weekend. I think it's going to kind of like rain and stuff. I usually do like a – do um, cook it on the grill and stuff like that, so – yeah, I don't, I don't do blame you for weekend. that. We used to do a lot of in, in Hawaii. We used to because it was kind of in the middle of the day, and you know the the uh, I was gonna say the kids, but it was just Brett. The kid was still up, um, so we wouldn't usually do it like a big like homemade feast. We would always order. We get wing stops sometimes, or you know different yeah. things. But I yeah. Oh yeah, I ate a bowl. We would get that a lot. So yeah, we ordered that a lot. Um, you know when we had pay per views in the middle of the day, Jordan and Jordan's gonna be eating with us, so he's gonna be having the the truff feast. So. This question comes in from our buddy Randy Smith. He says, do you guys ever think about taking a break from wrestling because it's been so bad, but your figure collecting habits just keep you watching? Yes, I definitely feel like sometimes my figure collecting drives my wrestling fandom. So I feel that, but I do love wrestling through and through. So I think I'll always watch it for the rest of my life. Jordan? Um, okay, so I've been a figure collector my whole life, been a wrestling fan my whole life. Um, I've talked to a Seth and Sheena about this recently. Um, it's, it's really hard to sit through the weekly WWE product right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, I'm basically just highlights for the weekly product and pay-per-views right now, other than AEW and NXT. Um, but yeah, buying figs definitely drives up your want to, um, definitely keep tuned into the current product. So yeah, you got to know who, what, yeah. what figures to be anticipating and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Marco, you ever, you ever just think about just like tuning it all out, but you're like, you know what? I got to know, I got to know what figures are coming up. Just calling it, just calling it quits. Just say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not watching this ever again. <laughs> throw I think throw every, it in the towel. I think every, every wrestling fan says that every you know every few months we're just like you know what we're throwing in the towel this is it you know but you know yeah you know what the the best thing about wrestling now as opposed to when we were younger is you have a choice on what to watch and you know when to watch it so you don't have to like you know you don't have to be like the like smarkiest person and watch like every single hour of wrestling every week you can 
jump on YouTube and watch like the clips of what happened. I was going to say, yeah, that, and it's not and even, like it's that. not so even like, that. Like you can literally pick what you want to see. If something exactly. happened, if, there, if there's a highlight on Twitter that you're like, Oh damn, what happened with, you know, uh, Moxley and Kingston? You know what I mean? Like you can literally go to Twitter or go to YouTube or yep. go to the wrestling forums on Reddit and find out what happened with just yep. that segment of the show. You know, you can yeah. really tune into what piques your interest without having to sit through everything. Cause a lot of it, again, is just, it's just throwaway, which is kind of sad. Yeah. But again, I think it's we're in a world now where we can kind of pick and choose what we yeah. want to watch. And I think it's only going to get we're only going to get more, you know, entertainment for us to be able to choose from. So, yeah, there are definitely times where it's just like, really, why the hell am I watching this or wasting my time? <laughs> but I feel like we do a good job on here. You know, there's tons of shows that like literally cover the play by play for the week to week shows and all that kind of stuff. We just kind of try to bring you guys the highlights because that's what, you know. We, that's what we like to listen to. Um, so we, yeah. we try to bring you guys like the good things that happen throughout the week or the interesting things that happen throughout the week without, without all the fluff. So there's definitely times when you get tired, but you just keep on, you keep getting pulled back in, you know? Um, so Phil, this is real quick. Phil Dunnett says, uh, how many beers do you think will be drunk over the weekend since the, the fig God is here? So yeah, lo- lots and lots, <laughs> lots and lots of beers. Phil Dunnett. We, the we definitely symbol. Yeah, just the infinity symbol will will be drank this weekend. My allied powers brother, we're going to yeah, drink the, all of our beers say this that. weekend. <laughs> I was actually going to say that the uh, they they've been dubbed the allied powers of uh, of fig collecting. Uh, Uncle yeah. Phil and uh, <laughs> Jordan. So Zach says, what are your top three figures in your collection? So I'm going to let each of you pick one figure. So we'll get three. We'll get a three count from all of you guys. So I'll let Seth pick one, Jordan pick one, and Marco pick one. So what is your favorite figure in your collection, Seth? Mine's the original Hasbro Bret Hart. I love that figure so much. I think it it's one of the most accurate depictions of Bret, who's my all-time favorite wrestler. And I just played with that figure so much as a kid. So for me, it's Hasbro Bret Hart, the first one. All right. Jordan? I'm going to go with uh, the Defining Moments Ultimate Warrior. Um, WrestleMania 7 yeah. or the Ultimate Maniacs? Yeah, the WrestleMania 7. Yeah. Great um, figure. I just love that fig. I just think it, it's just it's just such a great fig, and all the details on it are so good. Marco? This is rough. I have two, actually. Mm. Um, they're both LJNs, but I'll go with – I'm going to go with the Ultimate Warrior LJN. Great figure. O- nice. Yeah, only because it's – he never wore that gear at all. It's <laughs> yeah. like that that color scheme. Yeah, the black boots. Yeah, never wore black boots or any any of that stuff. So it's kind of unique in that sense where you know it's just that one uh, Ultimate Warrior figure where you can go, oh, he never wore that before. Where every other one after that, you can pretty much like go down to the detail of what match he wore that gear in and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Awesome. And so we'll do one last question. This is from our our guy, Cody Baker. He says, I know we talk a lot about distribution problems, but how do we, how do places like ringside and other places over in the UK get so many figures and Walmart and Target get so little. And I saw, um, you know, Phil, Phil Dunnett kind of responded to him talking about how ringside and you know smiths and stuff over in the uk are dedicated toy stores so that is like their bread and butter their livelihood and their business model depends on them getting those new toys in and selling those new toys whereas like 
Walmart and Target and stuff, like toys are just literally a convenience item, right? Like they they don't, they'll bring people into the store if they're buying gifts, but like that is not their focus, right? Like they have toys yeah. as a convenience to the shopper to like have a well-rounded shopping experience, right? Yep. Um, and they and they have to carry like a wide variety a wide variety of toys, right? Like, I mean, they've got everything from like bicycles to all that kind of stuff. Whereas like places like Smith's and Ringside, they can really kind of hone in. Um, and they have a lot more like shelf room for, for, for toys and, you know, all those bigger items and things like that. Do you guys have anything, any other reasons why you think, you know, um, ringside and I mean, literally that's what ringside does. I mean, they're meant to bring you like the the newest, best toys that are out there before everybody else gets them. Yeah. I think she, and you kind of answered the question already, you know, Smith's is, you can't compare Smith's to Walmart and Target. Smith's is Toys R Us, you know, for the UK. And, And if you guys remember back to, you know, Prior to 2018, Toys R Us never had distribution issues. Toys R Us always right. had the newest figures on the shelves yep. and stuff. They always had wrestling figures on the pegs. You never went into Toys R Us and saw a range of empty pegs like you do at Walmart literally all the time and occasionally at Target nowadays. So yeah. um, it's comparing apples to oranges if you're comparing Smiths to Target and Walmart. Uh, yeah. Again, Sheena, I think you perfectly answered the question. You know, Walmart and Target, they just need to have some toys on the pegs to appease the parents that are going there because you don't yeah. go to Target and Walmart for toys. You know, we do because we're hardcore figure collectors, but most people are going to Walmart and Target for groceries or whatever the home goods they need. Household and items, it, yeah. Yeah, and you just do a courtesy browse through the toys to appease your kids. So um, that's why you only see, you know, a few basics or or some, you know, elites from six months ago that are on the pegs there. Right. Um, and until we get another dedicated toy store, in the United States, I think it's going to be the same thing. You know, ringside collectibles is going to be your number one source for wrestling figures, like we say. So you might as well suck it up. And uh, I, I hate to be such a defeatist, but it's about time to just give up on finding stuff on the pegs because you're really wasting your time and money. Going unless around you're, unless you're out stuff. in Nebraska with the fig God, you know. Yeah, true. Clean, cleaning, cleaning the pegs out. Yeah, I was okay. going to say that. Like, I think it's 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 also like region based too when it comes to you know, finding figures and stuff like that. So if you know you're in a region where you're not getting any like figures and I like Seth said, just hang it up and don't even bother <laughs> going to yeah, your Yeah, if you're still seeing like gonna... Legend 7 on the pegs, then yeah, yeah it's, it's time to just like go ahead and, you know, just buy, buy into the ringside hype. You're going to pay, you're going to pay a little bit of an upcharge for the premium service, but it's worth it not to have to like go and spend your gas money cruising all over the city hoping just hoping that you find something i mean you're yeah. not even guaranteed to find something so yeah, and I'm, ho- yeah. I'm hoping i'm hoping they do like i'm hoping like in some time in the future it's you know j- since like you know target and walmart they're not their sole purpose isn't toys obviously um Clearly. so maybe like so maybe they get like the like the lower end stuff like the basic figures and things like that and you know like the toy belts and stuff like that and you know maybe there's a in a perfect world, you get like the ringsides and the Smiths and stuff like that, or, um, or they, maybe they move that stuff online. But yeah, I was going to say what other, but I mean, you know, we've seen, we've seen the freaking horrible problems that like Walmart and Target have had with like their pre-ordering system. So I hope it doesn't go to online only for the big box stores, but I mean, where else could these guys go? Like, I I don't know what other retailers there are for these plate for, for these things to be in a place where you could walk in and get them right. There's like not any toy stores, you know, like, you know, wide range national toy stores. It's not happening. happening. Yeah. So it's, it's it's like, it's really hard to, 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's just tough, right? Like, I mean, again, I'm I'm a fan of shopping at ringside. I like convenience. I like things to come to my door because, you know, loading up my two kids and just driving around figure hunting all day is just not something that I do nowadays. I, I always check the pegs if I'm at a place that has yeah. it. But um it's just it's just sad every time you go and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, here's the There's here's nothing this, on the pegs. There's just nothing There's like, one Becky Lynch basic. Yeah, and on, it's all, on yeah. the pegs. So yeah, it's just I don't know where else they could go besides Target and Walmart, but it's it's been clear that it is not a priority for Target or Walmart in store or online. Yeah, I mean it, the other thing too is like if you want that thrill of the hunt, you can still get it like uh, go on like ringside because like you know if you're not fast enough, yeah, your pre order is going to be like, going to be a pre order yeah. five. <laughs> you're going to be yeah. on pre order five, so it's <laughs> definitely it's you get like the same three. You like, dude, I get to get to get there fast, and then you get there, you don't get there fast enough, and you get like the fifth pre order, and you're like, damn it, but. But you're still yeah, getting it. If you're though, a casual collector and you don't care, like, you know, you're not you're not anxious to add things or you're not super picky about what you add, yeah. continue to hunt. Like, you know, we're still gonna yeah. do it. I'm not just trying to discourage anybody from like getting out and pounding the pavement and you know, doing their due diligence. But I know there are a lot of people that are like dead set on getting certain figures for their collections and they will literally drive to like 40 stores instead of just paying the extra five dollars to ringside to to get the yeah. figure, you know, and get it get it shipped to them. So Again, um, I'm all about convenience at this stage of of my life. So, you know, whatever I can do to make it easier. Let me touch on this real quick, okay? Okay. Because everybody always says, is it just because I live in Nebraska? I'm going to tell you guys the secret to fig hunting. It's striking out 20 times to get the one day that you hit everything. Yeah. And and you go and like, let's be honest. I don't think a lot of people realize like how often, like you're literally stopping at stores every single day while you're out and about. It's not like, it's not like Jordan's going like once every two weeks and being like, Oh look, I just cleaned. I just cleaned house. Like Jordan is hitting the pavement every day. Yeah. So you, you have to, because the thing is, and we, I say this all the time to people, be nice to the employees. I know they hate doing their job and stuff, but the minute you get one that will like contact you when figs come in, I'm telling you guys, this is how I get the majority of my figs. I know people at Target and Walmarts and they'll contact me and say, hey, we got a toy shipment in. I'll drive up there and they'll literally be putting them out right as I walk in. That's um, awesome. It, it's tough because a lot of the people that stock these toys are like, it's either a really old person or it's a really young person. There's really yes. no in between. True. The people who um, stock my local Target, like it, it's literally, you know, and I'm not an ageist. I, lo- I love, you know, my, my, our senior citizens and elderly people. Like I, I respect my elders. But yeah, it's it's usually like an older woman that is like stocking these shelves. And she, she has no idea about, you know, what collector's items that people are looking for. She's just like, listen, I'm just putting the shit out <laughs> wherever the number tells me to put it. Like that's where, that's where I'm putting it. You know what I mean? I'm doing my job. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that you say it's usually like an older person or a younger person. Cause that's what I've experienced in my stores too. Yeah. I mean the, the best thing you can do if you want figures as well. And if you, you know, those hard to get figures that, you know, are popping up in all different cities around the country and the world is just go to chickfolyshow.com and sign up. Beautiful. And that's the perfect way to end the show yeah. right there. We're, we're going to wrap Premium. on that because that is some damn gospel <laughs> right there. If you if you need those figs, join the Foley fam. That's the, that's the truth. <laughs> Shane, remind the folks where they can find you guys on social media. As Marco just alluded to, you can go to Chick Foley 
show.com. Join our Foley fam. You can interact with me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can hit Marco over on uh, Twitter at Chick Foley show. And then, yeah, you can interact with the fig God and the heel husband in the, in the Facebook group too. So definitely hit it up. All right, Marco, for at least one more week, you're the reigning undisputed Chick Foley show prediction champion. Leave us with your closing words. Uh, closing words, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, so everyone just be safe. That's that's it. Just be safe and have fun with family and friends if you can. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yep. <laughs> Drink responsibly. <laughs>